The boys are back. Arian, the boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. That's that's got to be the intro when you fellas are on the podcast. Is that song? Yeah, we'll get pulled from iTunes. Yeah, for copyright by Warner or whatever. With the quickness, we're gonna have to do our own rendition. If I don't know if you guys play guitar or whatever, but um, Arian, Messi, Kamesi, Rory, the Hangman Lynch. What was it? Uh, Southern Hemisphere. Hangman. We need to workshop that one a little bit. Hangman Lynch and Big Bill McCarthy. (laughs) Fellas, we are back. We're working on it. It doesn't flow off the tongue just yet, but. uh, on that one intro that Arian did, everybody was loving it. <laughs> but, uh, fella, how you guys been? It's been a hot minute. Hey, man, it's been a minute for sure. Uh, freaking back in lockdown myself in Ontario because our vaccines are a really slow rollout, man. So we're all locked. They're talking about, um, in Ontario anyways, like stay-at-home type lockdown too. You could leave if it's outside, but you can't go to a friend's house like for really real lockdown again. So damn it, man. Was that the whole point of the first lockdown was to stay well, at home so you well, didn't get it from your friend? Yeah, it was. But there was uh, so there's lockdowns that are like, you know, there's there's like protocols with like, um, if you go into, because there's like shopping centers and it could be five people in it. And then if you were like certain procedures, um, but this is like a, then there's degrees of lockdown. I don't know. Fuck man. But now there's like lockdowns where like essential business ones. So they're closing people down again. So a little bit. For a little bit, some shops were breathing room. Like, okay, if we follow protocol, so there's still a lockdown, but it's not quite. And now it's like, now you guys are right back. Like, uh, and people, kids are going home and from schools and shit. So it's, I don't know, there's different degrees of lockdown these days. But um, I don't know. What at one point, man, it was a lockdown. The dog park. They had people at the dog park. If you were outside, being like, you can't come here. And we're like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding? The dog park. Now the lockdown is like. Um, you're allowed to go to the dog park because outside uh, the sun, whatever, I guess, I, I, I don't know, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> it's the ventilation, Ryan. But, well, and also the sun too, with like, the, they said with the UV rays and whatnot, there's more, it is ventilated. There's a few things. That's what, fuck Maybe me. just the depression. Hey, well, hey, listen, uh, fucking writers, goddamn depression. Ne- about it. Ne- next episode, Ryan's gonna be filming from his bathroom. He's gonna say, "We're next level lockdown. You can only pick one room in your house." And That's he right. chose, to, he chose the toilet. I chose, I chose. Good I choice. got a fucking beer fridge in here, and and this is it, Playboys. But um, <laughs> but anyways, how the hell you guys been? I mean, on the flip side for us, we're we're speeding up over here. I know. In, in Florida, April fifth, they opened up to everyone. And April 6th at night, I went on on Twitter. They announced when the appointments sign up. I signed that thing up like like the people signing up for the Arnold. Like it fills up within minutes. And so today, April 7th, I got my first shot. So Holy shit. getting closer. Ooh. Nice, dude. Can, have you got 5G in your head yet? Or does that come after the second shot? <laughs> I think it takes a couple of weeks to install. Oh, okay. gotcha, gotcha. He's like, I just, I, I noticed every fifth word was Russian. And there's a couple, a couple things here and there that are. My, my phone reception is incredible now. Incredible <laughs> phone reception. But uh, yeah, good. And how about Rory? How are you guys doing over there on your side of the world? Oh, doing good. We haven't had any uh, community transmission of COVID for a couple of months now. Um, I think our vaccine rollout's like relatively slow. It's kind of a logistic problem. We're so far from anywhere that um, you know we're getting the vaccines out as fast as we get them. We we're just not getting them vaccines. very fast. It's fine. It's I was going to say there's um, a catch and you. next week we get a travel bubble opening with Australia, so we'll be able to move to and from Australia, which is going to be oh, pretty man. sick. Might go uh, visit some some Melbourne friends. So you're definitely going to get it then. Got it. <laughs> Oh yeah, Melbourne, uh, Australia is a 
Let's not go there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You pause. You pause. You're like, hold up. This is a podcast, and this is this is going to Australia. This is going on the internet forever. <laughs> That's right. I, I feel like on on that side, the equivalent is like you know, U.S. and Canada. Like U.S. and Australia are similar, and then New Zealand and Canada are similar. Why is New? Yeah, I think that's a fair comparison. Is New Zealand typically a lot nicer, more intelligent? Oh, obviously, better, uh, better looking, better nicer hung, to visit, better nice hung people. gentlemen. Is that what's uh, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man. Okay. All right. Well, then it's a lot like <laughs> you guys took that well. I thought it was going to take some more shots back, but uh, we're not going to fight you on that. We know what's, <laughs> we know the truth. It's all good. So, all right, fellas, we got some some things popping up lately in the news. My man Arian was all, you know, there might be some news later this week, but he wasn't going to tell me. True to the USAPL, he wasn't going to do any leaks, um, at least not to me anyways, probably. Maybe you guys are like, really? Homie told me last, <laughs> last week. But um, he knew some some information was coming down the pipeline. So let's hit this one probably with the biggest. Let's hit him hard right off the bat. Number one story of the week, I think, is going to be the possible. Do you got? Do we agree on this? First off, is the number one story, the feature story, going to be the possible suspensions for lifters? I wasn't sure which one you were going to say is number yeah. one. What do you guys think? I would think it's the juniors, to be honest with you. But either one, yeah. you can. You know what? With. Rory, yeah, split I... the difference with us, buddy. No, I agree with Bill. I think it's the uh, juniors. I think okay, the, uh, the, the other one doesn't affect many countries outside of uh, probably US and maybe Canada. I think I think it's a snowball, which we can discuss. Is like you might be hearing from USAPL now, but what about when you hear from all the rest of the countries? What if we go back to canceling the world championship? Let's let's do the juniors because there is some storylines that you just alluded to, um, and and it's big and it, and it does affect the globally once we blow it out. So, um, Arian, how about you? Let everybody know what was the announcement by the USAPL in regards to the juniors. All right, yeah, I'll start off with the, the USAPL side is they sent down the newsletter that they're not going to be sending the sub-junior and junior national teams to the their equipped championship, which is in Romania, and also to their classic championship, which is in Belarus. That's for the full power. They haven't said anything yet as far as the bench press world or as far as like, you know, the open age divisions or master's age divisions. So, so far, we just know about the sub-junior and juniors. Um, no world championships for them. And what were some of the reasons cited? Did they, did they cite any reasons? Do you have that pulled up in front of you? It, it, it basically all comes down to COVID. So they said uh, COVID travel restrictions, quarantine requirements, risk of uncertain medical care in the event an athlete gets COVID and other uncertainties that do not warrant the risk of sending young athletes abroad. Hmm. So first off, once one country does it, there is that domino effect that may or may not happen. And that's where it starts affecting the world. And the U.S., obviously, the USAPL is a massive Fed. I believe the biggest one in the IPF am I, uh, per participant. Am I right on that? Maybe Russia's bigger. Russia might be. On the international level, I'm not so sure, though. You don't see them as well represented on the international level. But nonetheless, yeah. easily, we could rest assured it's one of, if not the biggest. Um, and for them to start pulling a national team from an IPF world championship at any age group, you got to start wondering, A, are other nations around the world going to start pulling their national teams for juniors, sub-juniors? And then B, is this the beginning where, the, where we start seeing U.S. national teams and possible other teams pulling from the open as well? Now, I could say from the Canadian side, the very next day 
And I don't know if this was this move by the USAPL prompted a response by the Canadian Federation, the CPU, but the Canadian Federation said, we will be sending our juniors and sub juniors to the equipped world championships in Romania, which happens first in August. So earlier in the calendar, and they're saying we are, and they're doubling down on it. Again, we led this conversation with a little bit of talk in terms of vaccine rollout, whatever. I'm not, I don't want to dwell on that, but just so to give you a snapshot, not like we're nowhere close to vaccinating people of that age in Canada, not even close, let alone probably the coaching staff. I believe we're getting close to 60 year olds at this point in Canada. That's August. So maybe by August, but you got to get two shots. So full vaccination by August. I don't know, maybe, maybe, but it might be, it might be a pipe dream. I'm not sure at this point, but we are already in April and these people aren't even close to getting their first shot. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, Rory, did you have an update yourself on the New Zealand team? Yeah, the New Zealand team, actually a little bit before the USAPL, but we're uh, smaller, so it made fewer waves. Um, pulled, uh, we voted to pull the our team out of open worlds. Uh, we typically don't send uh, teams, maybe we send one or two individuals, but we typically don't send teams to like the uh, junior equipped worlds and, and things like that. Um, but we've we've elected not to send a team to classic worlds this year um, in Belarus, sort of largely again because of COVID, um, not just because our teams are unlikely to have a vaccine by then, but also like the logistics of traveling at the, at the, time, at the moment are like challenging. There's, there's fewer flights. Belarus is a hard place to get to at the best of times. Belarus has crappy healthcare at the best of times. Um, by the time you flood that with sort of COVID patients and so on, like there's no guarantee, even if our athletes were vaccinated, weren't going to get COVID, could get there. If something else went wrong, they, you know, strained something, they broke a bone, they, you know, whatever, they still wouldn't be able to get medical care because complications associated with that so yeah we've uh we've pulled our team out as well and so when you you're saying um like all age groups no lifters from new zealand will be going or is there a possibility that let's say somebody um brett gibbs for an example could go solo uh not on a national team uh, yeah, so there is a there is a provision for athletes to apply directly to the IPF to go as individuals rather than associated with a team. I believe there's a 200 euro, Arian, correct me if I'm wrong, 200 euro fee associated with that. Um, but there is there is an option to go as a as an individual. Um, and so if somebody felt very strongly that they wanted to do that, then they they there would be that option. Uh, but we wouldn't be sending them along with the coaching staff representing the NZPF, it would be that individual representing themselves. Is this a provision um, with the IPF that goes out to all nations that anyone in any nation could approach the IPF and say, I would like to go, but my nation is not sending? Or do they have to go to the nation first and get that? Okay. Does, does anyone I know? I don't know the details. I've never seen anyone actually do it. Um, but I've sort of when I was studying for my uh, CAT2 exam, I, I trolled through all of the uh, paperwork and sort of highlighted some some of these things. Um, but I've, I've never seen anyone actually do it. So I don't know the practicalities of how it works. Dog, I got a feeling if any year we're going to see anybody do it, it's going to be this one because it's this year is going to be unpredictable if Worlds does go through. Um, and I'm saying if already, because we know what the signs could be. We have nations pulling out of, of championships. Bill, Arian, what do you guys think about USA pulls their juniors. New Zealand pulls the entire teams. Canada says we're, we can firm up August and start sending juniors. Bill, what do you think? I mean, Arian would know this better than Mason. He's been the junior sub junior head coach, but like 
just dealing with the logistics and just dealing with the kids is already a nightmare to begin with just because they're kids right i mean they don't communicate well and this that the other thing whatever but like now to add in the whole covid aspect and like oh so and so got sick and this and you know like it, it's really just saving a complete nightmare from happening um it just yeah it just seems very very scary to be sending you know a 14 year old to a competition you know halfway across the world during a civil unrest and a uh you know global pandemic that's going on kind of thing so i mean i have no issues with this i think it's a great great pull by the usapl to finally just say nope we're not doing it it's not worth it to us it's not worth it to our lifters we're protecting them yeah i agree i like it what i think, think there's well, well i think there's also a little bit difference in the process so when usapl like I'm the head coach, I email all the lifters that make the initial invite and say, hey, you're invited, you have seven days to accept, and then they accept and are on the team. Whereas for Canada, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, you go and you apply on the website, you put in all your information, and then they go and see who is applied for that, for that team, and then they accept people. So maybe Canada for now is saying, hey, we're going to try and field a team for the championship, go ahead and apply, and then once it gets closer, they have to submit the preliminary nominations by June, 60 days out. Then they'll see what the situation is. Maybe by then they'll, they'll have, you know, pulled some of the quarantine requirements and lifters can go and come back easily. Maybe you still have to quarantine and the lifters are not going to be able to, you know, uh, go to championship and then come back and pay whatever for how much time they have to quarantine. And so either Canada won't send a team or lifters won't accept. So things may change for Canada and kind of fall in line with the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, I, I think either you look at, it's hard to judge when you have, when you're in charge of um, like people's children, essentially. Um, and, and you're, you're sending them off to another nation and it's during a pandemic. And um, you're right. Like maybe Canada might be saying, look, it doesn't look great right now, but who knows by August if everybody's fully vaccinated and, and people are, are comfortable with it. Um, the end of the day, parents could actually say, you know, individually, it's not like we're going to take your kids from the gym put them in a jersey and send them in a plane. It's up to you, right? We could say, we won't stop you if you're comfortable. You're vaccinated. Um, if the situation is looks okay in August and you're comfortable with it, your parents might be going with you. Um, some people at that age, it will be the case. And they're like, look, it's okay. You know, I would, if you, with all due respect, I would like to make that decision myself. It doesn't, it's not the craziest thing in the world, right? Whereas, um, if we get closer to August and things changed and things just got worse, new variants and whatever vaccines don't roll out the way we all thought they would. And, um, and things don't look good and that's for August, but by June, they have to make the decision to your point Arian. Yeah. Then maybe team, the Canadian Federation is like, all right, we, we accepted your nominations a good faith with hopefully, you know, moving forward, if everything, a best case scenario, but it didn't work out like that. So respectfully, you know, and some people, no matter what would be like, well, I wish you would have told me in April. Well, I wish you would have knew in April though. I'm just trying, I'm trying, if there's a possibility, I'm going to try to give it to you. But you know, there's no, it's you're in this situation. You're always going to have people get pissed off. I read the comments when I posted, um, I made a post about the U S pulling their juniors and, um, like, man, it's, it's, this is a tough year. How do you guys feel the vibe is right now amongst the powerlifting community? What is your sense that you think? Um, from people in terms of like what the USCPL is doing and with Nats, with pulling the teams, et cetera, and, and sometimes going. I mean, you, you get, 
you, you get the whole spectrum. You get some people that say like, oh, it was a good decision. You just have some people say it was a bad decision. Some people that, you know, wish they would have known sooner. The same thing, like, you know, people are always asking the next level up, like, hey, when's this going to happen? Or, hey, we're going to know this. And like, my, my kind of thought is, well, if someone could tell me when this is all over, then sure, I can tell you the plan. But since I don't know when this is going to be over, then I can't tell you the plan of like, hey, when when is this going to be postponed to or if we're going to send a team or not? Um, and then when they do make the decision, who knows if that's like when they finally got all the information together and made the decision or if they knew it and they were holding on to it and made the decision. But some people saw like, oh, man, you hear the week before the week of they're going to compete at junior nationals that there's not going to be a team. And like, oh, that was like, you know, a, a bad way to do it. But maybe that was just the timeline of things. The truth is but but for me, for me, I say ahead, it's Bill. a better, it's a better way. Sorry. Like, you know, nationals starts tomorrow, junior national starts tomorrow for the U S like it would feel so much worse if I win and I'm like, yep, boom, I'm going to world championships. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, a week later, like, Oh, by the way, we're not sending a team. At yep. least you have the expectation going in now knowing, okay, I'm just going for a national championship. Like, I feel like that would, you know, would be a lot worse if it was taken away from me rather than me, knowing ahead of time if that makes sense but but so you're seeing the positive spin or the glass half full on it the people that's that me buddy i'm always the, always like that man the Come people compl- the people complaining are like oh why didn't you tell us in january why didn't you tell us in february before we sign up for the meet that's what i'm saying we should have just canceled this whole year last year and been done with it it would have been so much easier <laughs> yeah fuck you go ahead rory I'll, i gotta say something to me you go ahead rory <laughs> The, the truth is that none of us have a functional crystal ball right um and we're making the best decision that we have according to our values, which sort of vary. And that's why slightly different decisions are being made with the information that we have at the time, at the time that we think it's responsible to make that decision. Um, and so like, no one's out here being like, what's the best way for us to fuck over the junior team, right? Like nobody's, nobody's doing that. Like it's, it's what is the most responsible thing that we can do given the fact that we have no idea what the world is going to look like three months from now. Like things could be great three months from now. Things could be awful three months from now. We don't know. And we need to make, the best decision that we can given the fact that the, the sort of envelope of uncertainty is so huge so like people who don't get that people who want to live in a black and white world like it's kind of tough because like nothing works like that i 100 agree in terms of like some people get like super upset like this is a joke what the fuck why didn't you let us it's like listen we didn't know that another wave was coming down. We thought vaccines were coming down the pipeline and more than likely we're coming out of lockdowns and things will be okay. And we didn't, you don't know for sure. Maybe someone is like, I, we knew. Wow, fuck, man, it's so easy. 2020, be like, I knew. Like, nobody knows for sure. Come on, man. Like, this is, we, we can hypothesize, but it's really tough to call. And, um, and when vaccines start rolling out, how quickly they're going to roll out. Some nations like the UK and US are far ahead. Some nations that are still G7 nations, we're all friends with, you would think sometimes the same access, not really though, are far behind on the rollout. So you're kind of like, well, if maybe the rest of the world had rolled it out a little quicker, we'd be a little more comfortable, but you know, the way it's rolling out, I don't know. Like you, these are judgments that's tough. And then the US with the timeline of their juniors in uh, the collegiate Nats rolling around, they're telling themselves, we have to pull the trigger on this decision right now. Whereas Canada's telling themselves, timeline wise, we have room. We have room. We're not going to have a nationals. 
So we don't have a competition right now. So we don't have anyone who's about to compete being like, well, I wish you would have told me after I competed uh, or sorry, before I competed, not afterwards when I was lifting. And I thought in my head, like Bill was saying, I just punched my ticket for this, that, and the other. Um, let me know ahead of time, even if it's three days ahead of time. And um, Canada's like, we don't have, we're not under a time crunch. So let's just collect who's willing to go right now under these circumstances. And then we'll play it by ear. Um, honestly, man, how many people are going to make a national team? Not a shitload. You got one person per weight class. So if you're going to these Nats and you're, you're a junior, sub-junior, just like enjoy enjoy the lifting and, and try to win and place and et cetera. But it's not all about getting that, you're, you know, your ticket punch to make a national team. If we're totally honest, like the less than 1% are going to be going like that. Like this is, this is an, an option. I realize the dream of is part of it, but it, to the point where Bill said, I think even if you're just lifting nationally, if the US, and this isn't just for the US, but all nations, if you could just have a nationals, you know, uh, for, of all different age groups, if they have collegiate nats in, your, in the nation you're in, or you have meets like that, you're still in the game. People still have goals. They have, still have, you know, crosses on those calendars, those X's on the calendars. Here we are, countdown, 20 more days. You have things to look forward to, and it's, it's better than nothing. Because when there's nothing, and we'll get to this in a second, this is greatly going to impact powerlifting in general if the IPF cancel their worlds two years in a row. I don't, I'm not saying it's there yet. I think it's interesting though that, you know, US is having junior nationals like literally tomorrow it starts. And we already just canceled our junior, sub junior teams to go to worlds, but Canada has already canceled their nationals. They're like, yeah. Listen, it's not safe to be in Canada, but go anywhere else you want. It's perfectly fine. Not well, a problem. That's, oh, that's parent. That, look, I think that, like Arian said, I think they're saying <laughs> right now, because like right now in Canada, our vaccine rollout isn't great. So what they're, I think what they're looking at right now is currently right now, travel isn't great. In August, by August, perhaps it could be, but they're not saying it's going to be. They're saying <laughs> right. Things could change better. <laughs> let's just let's just hope for like you were saying earlier, hope for the best. And if it's not, we're canceling that as well. It's we're gonna be honest. Cause yeah, the vaccine rollout hasn't been great over here. So it, it would still be, you know, you're gonna have issues. When was Worlds officially canceled last year? It was like only like three weeks out or something, right? It was, it was only like a couple of countries actually signed up, but but it was officially canceled. 14 days, 21 days. Does anyone Arian was three weeks away from becoming a world champion, unaffiliated. <laughs> unaffiliated. <laughs> but a world champion nonetheless, unaffiliated. Uh, I, I don't remember Rory, but I, I do see all the, uh, like the Instagram history posts for the stories showing like around this time was when USA was pulling out a lot of different championships like that. And then everyone else slowly started pulling out. Um, but, but the other thing, uh, Bill about Canada could be that it's just the restrictions within Canada. They're not capable of running a meet, but you know, the restrictions in Belarus or Romania are different. And they say, okay, you can go there. Yeah. Well, no, I, I just think it's kind of ironic how it's like, you know, kind of works both ways like that. That's what I, was, I thought but, it was just funny. I think what then, Bill was thinking too is though, uh, if you're looking for your lifter safety, you're looking beyond just, you know, it would be yeah. like, look, if your restrictions are loose, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> but yeah. I, what I what I would say in the CPU's defense is they're like, that's not what we're thinking. We're, we're hoping by August, like hopefully it's better. If it's not, we'll- Yeah, it's they'll change the plan. Yeah. I heard that last April too. <laughs> Well, it is what it is. We didn't do it last April. The, the, the other thing I was going to mention too, with people saying like, oh yeah, we knew the situation or oh, they should have said it sooner. It's like, 
the same people that are saying like, oh, they know the situation, everything is going on is some of those people don't even know that there's a civil war still going on in Belarus that like started in December, it kind of died out a little bit. And I believe last month they had like their independence day or something like that. And there was a bunch of protests again. They have a bunch of like journalists and media people in jail and everything like that. Not Lama. So people don't know about this stuff. They're just thinking pandemic. They're not thinking about the other stuff like, you know, the civil war. And also last time the U.S. sent a team, a family member of one of the members uh, got whatever killed or whatever happened, accident, we'll never know. But there's also that situation. There's different variables. And with the civil war specifically, there's a lot of sanctions coming against Belarus from other countries, from the EU, from different companies. Even the IOC is like not recognizing because I think the president's also like the head of their, their Olympic committee. They're not recognizing him. They're not letting him attend any meetings or anything. And it may come down to, I'm hearing that maybe the IOC is going to say that other sporting organizations that are IOC recognized should not be supporting Belarus and holding any events or anything like that, which would also then would look bad if the IPF is trying to get in the Olympics and then they're hosting a world championship in a country that's sanctioned by everyone else. So it might come out to where they may move it or they may have to cancel if everyone else just drops out. But Belarus is a, is a complicated country, right? Like they're, they had an election sort of like last year, the, the, incumbent president uh, quote unquote one the 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 challenger disappeared from the country um like 200,000 people marched on the uh, presidential palace like like it's a whole thing right and and we we could feel it when we were there last time like it's not a not a hugely comfortable place to to go to right like regardless of a pandemic I don't agree with that, but okay. Bill, I mean, I had a, Bill enjoyed it. I, I yeah, saw I had a great time. No, no, no. I had a great time. I it saw was just I of, had a didn't have a great time because it was Belarus. I had a great time okay. because of the people who were there. Yeah, I saw no, videos I of Arian, and he was very comfortable. Okay, okay. Hey, what happened at that banquet no stays pain. at that banquet. <laughs> no, I mean, but yes, obviously the the, the government issues the stuff that's going on over there is completely crazy. But like when people say like, "Oh, Belarus," I hated it. Like. I thought it was great. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. The, the venue was really nice. I mean, the hotel was whatever. I mean, it was fine. Um, like the, the city was a beautiful city. The architecture is really nice. Like I just, you know, the food was good. I, I enjoyed my time there. I really did. Other than the day that I spent in a Belarusian police station, I had a really great time there. Um, like whoa, I just, here's a story now. Whoa, what the man. hell, man? What well, if you didn't stay in the official hotel, you had to register your visa at a police station within 48 hours of landing. And that, took like six hours and so like i spent you know along with a couple of the other new zealand lifters who chose not to stay in the so hotel. again when um, you when you cut the corners <laughs> you when i don't want to pay the ipf uh however much inflated what? hotel rate which is increased now for the fee yeah <laughs> what's it way, increased to Ari? we'll talk about that in a second but what's a belarusian um cop shop like gulag was that like like what is it like <laughs> have you seen uh have you seen the office it looks exactly like that um except Shit. everyone looks like they're having way less fun yeah uh, did you see any any guns any weapons oh everyone everyone is armed yeah the machine tanks, guns the, the whole part. oh yeah the tanks rolling up the main street yeah it is weird man i remember being um like they have malls and they have like their version of subways and like it's a uh, like it's it's capitalist and there's like you know you're walking around in the mall and it's just like a normal mall that you'd be at. Like, it's fucking weird now me telling you about a, walking around in a mall because it's 2021 and I haven't done that in so long. I'm going to get <laughs> emotional. But um, you're walking around in the mall and there's like, 
you know, they got the, the fashion in the windows and like, it's just like you would, it's kind of like Bill was saying where it's not, it's not like you think it would be, but it is at the same time, because yes, you would see every now and then you would see some military people. You would see like teenagers in high school, like clustered together in the latest fashion, walking down the street and like talking and like, you know, so it's, uh, it's weird, man. I, I love the experience of just going to other nations and just like these people live differently, but you also see the similarities, you know, and, and going to a restaurant and um, food was amazing. And they had like a live band, cocktails are flowing. And um, it's like, holy smokes, man. It was like the live, like they played the music from Belarus too. And um, yeah, man, it was a totally wild experience. And kind of like uh, Bill was saying in the banquet, holy smokes, man. That was off the chain. I don't got to tell my man, Arian. You don't remember it, Arian, but you had a great time. <laughs> the people who weren't there, the uh, the banquet in Belarus had basically no food, but it had vodka on tap. So that uh, kind of kind of tells you the direction that it went. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I stayed pretty much at, at all the meat hotels in the venue, and I had a good time too. The, the only person like I ran into was me and one of my assistant coaches when we went to go get our credentials, like at whatever, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. We're waiting there for them to open up the door. There happened to be at 7 a.m. in the morning, a drunk Belarusian guy there with his bottle, just standing there like with the people waiting and like trying to talk to us and trying to say like, hey, you guys want drinks and stuff like that. And we're waiting in there. Like, the I, I don't know. If, I don't know if they were like, you know, late to open up the, the office at the time they're supposed to. And this guy's bothering us. And me and the other guy were like, let's just go. We'll just come back another time. So we go into the elevator and the guy comes in the elevator with us and we go downstairs and we get out of the building and the guy's following us on the street too. It's like some just junk bell rush in 7am. That was the only you, person. You, you slept with that guy, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how the story ends, huh? Rory, what were you going to say? <laughs> What's I up? had a really good memory of uh, some of the New Zealanders and some of the Australians, uh, singing karaoke with a couple of Belarusian strippers until they kicked us out of the karaoke bar at about 6am. Um, so there's an Australian tradition uh, that if you party till sunset, uh, till sunrise, you uh, take a photo with everyone who makes it through the night with the sunrise. And so I've still got that photo floating around somewhere. Damn, man. So cute. 6am. Dude, were you, what did you have to do the next day? Hopefully not handle. I mean, I'd lifted the day before. I competed the day before. Oh, and so, okay. like, you're like, you're you know, like, oh no, we did loose a little bit. We handled Brett Gibbs the next day. That's when, <laughs> that's when we should think bad again. Yeah, I'm like, well, that would explain it. What the fuck are you guys doing? What are you guys? But uh, I can't take responsibility for that one. No, man. Uh, yeah, Belarus. Yeah, fuck, man. That was a, <laughs> worlds always has stories. Listen, Wild. this is what I'm I'm missing about these possible world championships being canceled. How close? What are you guys saying right now? Before we move on to the fees and the whole nine and the rest of the different items we have on docket, does this look like the beginning of worlds might not happen? I think I worlds happens with select nations. Really? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I clearly, I mean, New Zealand's not going. So, I mean, there's already, you know, dominoes falling in that. I think, I think, yeah, I've been saying this for a while now to you guys. Like, it's gonna happen. Might not be in Belarus. Might be somewhere else. I don't know. It's gonna happen, but there's gonna be some, quite a few nations missing for sure. Reduced, reduced worlds. It'll be. Yeah. Won't be what we would like to see. What won't be what we saw sort of 2019 and earlier. But something, something will happen. Something will go ahead. 
Yeah, I, th- I think definitely there will be some some countries missing or very reduced teams from countries because some of these lifters can't afford to go or afford to quarantine on the way back for if they're from like, you know, South America, Africa, Oceania, that might be slower at the vaccination. Like you said, not everyone's like US or UK. There's a possibility that they move it somewhere else. Like, let's say maybe they try and move it to Norway with open worlds to try and get the European countries to come to actually make it happen. So I think it would be something like that, where maybe the European countries come and a few other lifters in, in Belarus or maybe Norway, or I mean, I think maybe 25% chance right now gets canceled again. And that's high. That's, that's pretty high chance. Um, because if, if the IPF doesn't have lifters coming, then they can't run the competition. Like they, all the money they need to send everyone there, the, the, the live stream, the scorers, the executive people, the referees and everything like that. If you only have like, you know, 50 people coming from like, you know, six different countries, can you afford to run it? Yeah. And um, you're yeah, right. I mean, cause, cause junior, you're right. Raw junior and or classic junior and equipped junior just lost what 72 lifters or whatever it's going to be. Right. Something like that. Um, between you know from the u.s both of them right with the you know 9 18 36 72 yeah yeah 72 so i mean you're already talking a big chunk of change it's you know almost a thousand dollars out of the pocket of the meat director right there already and it would it would actually make sense arian if they're looking at reduced numbers all around if they're like if we put these two competitions together push it back so it's going back even further to it's going to be in norway um, maybe some, it'll be easier for some people to get to due to that. And then timeline, it's a little further back. And then if we're looking at reduced numbers, well, if it's going to be 50, we're running at 50% for both worlds. Well, now we're back at hundred percent for at least if we combine them. And now in terms of budget, bringing in the streams and, and everything else. So logistically it's a, it's still a little tough. You got, but it, it's a possibility. It's a reduced, but it's still a possibility. You're saying this, you be willing. The IPF might be willing to run an event or events at a slight loss, like not paying for the entire thing out of pocket. But like, if it doesn't break even, they they may decide to run it and pay a little bit out of pocket for the like the reputational protection of having gone ahead and things like that. Like that is a little bit difficult to quantify what that would be worth, but it would definitely be worth something. It also depends for the, the person meet directing in Belarus, if they're getting government funding and if they're still getting that government funding or not. Cause all of a sudden if the government says like, Oh no, we don't have money anymore to spend on a sport. Then that guy might be out a bunch of money. And what then depends yet yeah, does IPF want to spend more money to help that person out to actually have a world championship. Then instead of an arena, next thing you know, it's in a uh, volleyball court. <laughs> I was going to say some dude's backyard, but yeah, volleyball court works. Is, is there a backstory on that one, Bill? Because Arian's reaction sounded like this was an inside joke. Calgary. 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 Was that, that a was volleyball the, the backup, court? Backup they're, venue. They're playing volleyball on the other side. That was literally a volleyball complex. You were there for Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sport, man, Remember Jessica Berta like running sprints hey. on the volleyball court next door, right? Easy now. That was a sports complex. Come on, man. It was volleyball only. It was literally an only volleyball place. And, uh, and powerlifting for that week. It's Let's true, call it a sports true. complex, but um, on the wobbly like stage thing. All right, okay, take it easy, take it easy. Um, but um, I had a point there. Oh, what you were saying, Rory. Let's talk about that. If Worlds does wobbly not exist, stage, okay, all right. <laughs> Let's get it out of our systems here. If Worlds doesn't happen for two years in a row, we we already see um, 
some some nations are going to have a dip in terms of participation. It, when you have a, a sport in the the playoffs aren't going to happen two years in a row for that sport. If there's a UFC, there's no title fight for two years in a row. If there's you picture whatever sport you want to. You need championships just for the overall enthusiasm. I get it. Not everybody's going to go to the world championships anyways, but around the world, some people are around the world. People are going to watch and just to keep up the enthusiasm is one thing. And the second thing we already know there are other federations that are actively trying to pursue some lifters being like, Oh, do you not have this event going on? Well, we have our event going on and in different nations, it could be happening. It's probably more so in the U S because there's a lot fewer nations worldwide, but nonetheless, how big of, an, of a factor do you think that'll be for the IPF if they're saying, look, if it's reduced numbers, it's reduced numbers, but the pressure is on, even if we're going to be slightly out of pocket and we're a little below, and I'm saying that's going to be the case. I don't know the logistics and holding an event like this. If they piggyback with the quip, they might be fine. But how much of a factor do you think that is? And then we'll get into what happens if Worlds doesn't happen at all. Who wants to go first? I can speak to the New Zealand case. Um, So New Zealand, for those who don't remember, New Zealand had a massive hit in the uh, total number of lifters uh, in 2018 after the world powerlifting uh, drama sort of like boiled over. Um, I I wanted to say started, but it started a long time before that. um, And it's kind of still going, but that was when it was sort of peak peak intensity. Um, And we are now in 2021 back to sort of record numbers and and, and seeming to to grow within within New Zealand. We are fortunate in that we can run uh, most of our our meets. Most of our meets are still going ahead um, with some flexibility and rain dates and sort of backup plans and so on, but but most of them are going ahead. However, like qualitatively, there's definitely been a dip and sort of excitement level for those things. Like people are showing up and lifting, but people are taking like quite long breaks, uh, training at reduced volumes and intensities and frequencies and sort of just in stasis mode, um, sort of. And I largely put that down to like the lack of excitement from big international meets, right? Like, you know, you watch worlds, you watch Commonwealths, you watch uh, European USAPL champs, you watch CPU Nats, like all of the stuff you watch and it gets you excited. And like that, that just hasn't been happening. Um, so, you know, Auckland champs is uh, this weekend. So what's today is Thursday for me. Auckland champs is Saturday and Sunday. Um, that's my, my regional championships. Um, we've got the lowest numbers registered for that meet in like a really long time. We've only got 85 lifters or something. Normally we have like 160, um, 140. Uh, so we've still got the numbers in the Federation, but people are competing less, less excited. How about the U S waning? I mean, USAPL numbers down or two, because, um, when everything locked down last year, it had locked down like, you know, for USAPL, like mid to end of March. So everyone who had already renewed their membership and we actually started in November, same one from November to March had renewed their membership for 2020. They already had that membership count, count towards their, their yearly membership. Even if those people may have not end up competing because things got shut down and everything like that. But now that it comes now 2021 and it's time to renew or have new people come in. Some of those people are like, well, there's no point in renewing right now. Let me wait and see if there's actually going to be meets. Let me see if there's going to be national or anything like that. So the, the membership isn't coming in as fast as time. And so they're, you know, a few years behind compared to what they were trending before the, the lockdown. Um, but even for the IPF, I think it'll affect them some. It's hard to know how much, but 
for sub juniors and juniors, if you lose two years, if you're like, you know, age out of sub juniors, never got a chance. If you age out of juniors and you're like, oh, what's the point now competing in the open? Never got my chance. My juniors haven't been training. Um, you may lose some of those younger people on the master side. It might be fine because you, you might be going from like, you know, masters one to two or two to three. So, you know, you're going into a new division where you might be more competitive, where you can go after new world records. Uh, those people might be uh, more likely to come back. Uh, but yeah, for some people, they, they just might be gone forever. What do you think, Bill? I mean, I think one of the biggest hits, I mean, at least for the USA part is going to be like, you know, with how long the gyms were closed for. Right. I mean, so like most of us didn't like see powerlifting on YouTube and be like, oh, I want to try that. It's usually going to be like you see some people training for powerlifting in a gym somewhere. You know, like, what the hell are they doing? And then you kind of snowball from there. But now that, you know, if you have the higher profile lifters lifting at home or, you know, gyms are still closed different places or whatever it is. Um, you know, you're not getting those new people into the Federation. So even if they are just like a one and two meet and done, at least it's still memberships that are going towards, you know, helping fund the, the, the Federation kind of thing, but you're not having that because, you know, meets were, weren't happening and gyms were closed. So um, it's going to be a little bit of a weird transition now trying to get new people in. Right. I mean, like, you know, if people have already competed and they've done their nationals or done their whatever, they're going to keep competing most likely. But it's now finding those, you know, those newbies that like, you know, like, like I said, like, you know, oh, I just saw someone benching at the gym. And I was like, what the hell are they doing or why are they deadlifting or why are they doing this, whatever. So hopefully that'll start happening again after nationals happens and there's a little hype going on. Um, so maybe towards the end of the year, we'll see the numbers spike up a little better. Um, but yeah, who knows? I think you're 100% right in terms of when lifters start lifting at home. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's the reason why you have certain people have advertisement on t-shirts and whatnot, but it, because it works. And if you're at the gym, like power lifters at the gym are the biggest, there it is, are the biggest recruiters. Um, when you're at the gym, you see someone shifting around some big weights and that's how I found them. You just walk up to someone to be like, or you find them online or whatever the hell it is. And then the conversation starts and then you introduce yourself and the ball is rolling. And then to, um, Rory's point earlier, in terms of enthusiasm, I could tell you right now, I can feel it online. There is a drought for sure. Running King of the Lifts, it's like usually leading up to big events, you have all these lifters on that are on the roster of this big event. You have these big recap shows and everybody's DMing about, oh, fuck, I can't believe you chose this one person to win. Oh, you think that person's going to win? The lifters themselves are listening to it and commenting and on the picks. And like, it's a big deal. And like, there's excitement around it. Just like from King Lifts, I feel that. And it's it's not there, right? Not yet. We have US Raw Nats coming up. We'll do that. But, you know, we've missed a lot. We've missed a few of those already. And so I can tell you personally, I didn't feel that same and then the meet recaps of when certain big performances happen and you're like oh you know so and so won us raw national so and so won worlds and these moments aren't happening and i i, I posted a a throwback to 2019 worlds in sweden a couple highlights and i threw a music in the background and then a couple pictures i had with some of the lifters after they won and whatnot and people like I reposted that when Worlds was supposed to happen last year in the comments and everything. Like, fuck, I missed this. And everyone's like, damn, this one's tough. You know what I'm like? It's coming back. Don't worry. You know, we'll, we'll be back next summer. And it was like, I hope so. You know, it's uh, you could feel it, man. It's there's something missing. And um, it's not just for the people that, like Rory's saying, who are at the event, but 
you get pumped up watching streams or even if you don't watch the stream, when you go back onto Instagram and you see like when I, when a big event happens and I post the highlights, the amount of comments shares, and I see all the stats, you know, I had it for like the showdown meet that we had, but like when it's worlds and us raw nets, the amount of shares I get when I post on King list, people go on there, like it's their ESPN, like who won if you missed the stream and it's the a, there was no stream and King list didn't have that. And I can see in terms of interactions and whatnot, it's, there's a dent. There's a dent, man. We grew too. King of just keeps growing, but there is for sure. It's, it's hurts. It's got to hurt. And if you have, if you're a lifter, if you're six, most lifters, you got to keep, remember, stay in powerlifting two to three years. That's your lifespan. And then you're gone two to three years. If we miss two years in a row, that's a huge huge chunk of the lifespan of, of lifters and none of them are moving forward. If you started with us six, six months in, and then the pandemic hits, you're probably gone. You just started getting excited. You never, you didn't, you didn't, you weren't around for the last worlds and us Nats or Europeans. You weren't around for it yet. This was the year we sell you. This was the year. This was it. When we're like, take a fucking look at this. And you're like, holy shit, the worlds. I, I didn't even know these guys going into the worlds. These ladies going into the worlds. I see some recap shows. I see some, I'm excited. And then you see some highlights from worlds and you're like, fuck, this is cool. I'm telling all my friends. We didn't get that. If that happens again in 2021, if that's two years in a row, it's bad for recruitment. It's bad. It's bigger than people might think. It's bad, bad. You know, we'll recover, but like it definitely makes a big dent for a few years, right? Like that's not something where where we just bounce straight back to where we were next year from. Yeah, it'll take time. It, like you said, it'll recover, but it's instead of okay, that was a rough year. Maybe next year, and then that year after that, we're back. Well, if it's two years in a row, these are things that the IPF would have to think about if they're talking about canceling worlds. It'd be like, well, what does that mean, bigger picture? Um, to the point we said earlier, if if we cancel. Well, we'll be a little out of pocket, ah, short-term, a little out of pocket, long-term, much more out of pocket if we don't do this. Um, I think I, something interesting though, like with the big, um, like U.S. sports, right? So with like, you know, professional baseball, professional basketball specifically, um, you know, basketball last year, the NBA, they went into a bubble, right? They played all their games in one site. There was no fans and that was it. And no one really cared, Right baseball last year same thing they they traveled to different cities but there was no fans in the stands they had cardboard cutouts of people in the stands and like eh, it wasn't that exciting but this year you know they're opening back up with you know 25 percent capacity to 50 percent capacity in certain places and there's like a new life that's been you know put into it now like it just seems like there's a i don't know how to explain it but it's just it's different right? it's the same game on the court or the field but like now that there's interaction with the fans again and all this kind of stuff, like it just made it into, you know, something that's much bigger than it was last year for sure. So hopefully if, you know, you know, U.S. nationals does happen, Europeans does happen, um, you know, world does happen, kind of breathes that life back into the sport. And all of a sudden, you know, we keep, get rolling from there. I think that, you know, that's going to be the cure is just going to be you know, the events happening, um, you know, but again, you know, it depends on who's there also because if it's a that's well, the whole thing like who's going to watch an 83 kilo battle um you know six pack missing... lapid at an area i'll come from 95 to 83 right now <laughs> um but you do raise a good point and let's let's talk about that for a second here 
is it possible that if the IPF had the conversation that we just had and they're like, look at it, I think we go ahead, even if it's at half capacity, we double up the worlds together equipped in classic. And um, I think we've got to make a run of it just even if we take a little bit of a licking. However, what if the people who show up, there's not enough stars and you actually get a bit of a black eye from it only because you have people far less, far lower quality winning and it becomes, you know, it becomes fodder. For, for the meme pages and fodder for those who hate the IPF already and they want to be talk shit. Um, is it possible that afterwards they're like, fuck that, we took an L there, even though we ran through? Or do you think- It's certainly possible, right? Like I was saying, none of us have a functional crystal ball. I mean, if you do, let me know because I'd, I'd love to borrow it. But um, like it's oh, hard to know in advance exactly- don't the way that that's that that's going to go and like speaking of the meme pages i don't think that that's a good good metric for like whether whether we should do things or not no matter no, what we do i know i know there's going to be something on those pages right we go ahead and it's going to be oh my god they went ahead and there was yeah. no stars there and it was only 25 percent capacity in the, in the stands and it was terrible we go ahead and it's oh no they're so stupid they don't know that they can cancel a meet and they're going to risk everyone getting covered um we don't go ahead and it's whatever other fucking thing right like it's like whatever we do it's gonna it's gonna be something so like that's not a not a good metric the haters are gonna hate regardless of what we do fair uh, so do you think though then and do you guys agree that go ahead and don't worry about how it might appear or what if you're looking at like look at if the rosters already come in you're probably already committed but what if you look at the roster and be like whoa there's going to be some pretty shallow classes. Like, do you think it's possible if they roll forward and it is some pretty shallow classes? And and I agree. Look, I threw out there in terms of like the, the meme pages. You're right. The meme pages are going to be, they need content. They <laughs> post like six times a day, every single day. God bless them. They got some funny stuff out there. So it just happened. It has to happen anyways. Look who's um, talking. What's that? <laughs> Look who's talking posting yeah. six times a day. Exactly. No, I feel the pain. That's why I'm like, hey, do your thing, right? Um, I've, I've wound up on there on the wrong side of it. It is what it is. No hard feelings. But um, do you think though, like, okay, fine, throw away the meme pages, but is there a possibility that in terms of the community, they could look at it like that wasn't really the representation we, we is there a possibility to have worlds and people like, I'd rather us not have worlds and it stays high level than have worlds and the class and standard fell too low and, um, and it looks bad. Do you think that's I mean, if it was like, if it was like last year where it would have been like five countries, then yes. I mean, that's, that's going to be, you know, not great. If it's, you know, you know, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, and like Estonia or whatever, and you're like, okay, great. Right. I mean, but as long as you have, you know, a decent number of uh, nations there, I mean, if most of Europe ends up going, um, then you should be fine. Right. I mean, you're the European meets are, you know, one of the best meets, if not, you know, the second best meet of the year next to Worlds, um, that would be, you know, a great meet for sure. Um, but I do think if they end up moving it to Norway to combine it with with the um, uh, open equipped, then it's a win-win both ways. I mean, I, th I think more countries would end up going to Norway because it's safer there, um, or at least they would feel safer. Um, and, uh, you know, you push it back further in the year so better things can you know, happen with the vaccines and all that good stuff. Plus you're getting more bang for your buck with, you know, double sessions of like, okay, cool. Now you have, you know, you know, Taylor Atwood or Austin, whoever wins nationals right next to uh, Ulan, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. they wanna be on the same platform but they're gonna be in the same arena at the same time, whatever it is, like, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I think that would be, a, and, and I do think that if it happens, it never changes. 
Oh, fuck. Well, that I don't know about. Let me first say, let me respond to it being cool having, um, like, you have 17-time world champions like Oleg. Um, I know he just lost his title in the last Worlds they did run. But if he was on the same, in the same event, and it would be great for in terms of converting people. So I tune in for the equipped. I'm the equipped guy, but now I'm tuning in. They're like, Hey, and pay attention to, you know, the other stream going on. We do have Taylor. Atwood coming later today. You might cross me over. And it's the same thing with classic. If there's any equipped and it, it's a way of feeding some battles and possibly growing and strengthening, you know, and a little bit of cross pollination right there. So it's a possibility where you could be like, look, if we do this right, we could actually capitalize, you know, we could expand on a couple places here. Um, so that's not the worst thing in the world. You are right there. Uh, whether or not they move forward every year, fuck, that'd be tough. Cause at full capacity, that is a mega, 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 mega. Well, so they've already, they've already combined the, the bench. They've already combined the masters. This was supposed to be the first year that combined all the juniors, but it got canceled last year. But they're so... pulling them from the other events though. So it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, you so mean? you're thinking, you're thinking a stream down just the, just the open, equipped. Like open worlds would be classic and equipped open gotcha, worlds, gotcha. and then junior worlds yeah, would be cause, equipped cause, and classic yeah. junior worlds. Yeah. That is the direction that they're going in. Like, like I believe yeah. Gaston Parage has has stated a number of times that that is his vision. For equipped and classic to be together, it's going to be together for everything else except for open age next year. But uh, uh, Rory, were you saying that Gaston openly said, "I want." the open as well like the open yeah yeah like his, his vision is that the, the world championships are by age category and you combine the classic and the equipped together for one well there it is you know, so so open if, worlds would be classic and equipped open worlds bill does have a glass ball that he sees in there. he didn't get that news and he already said i prophesy something <laughs> he rubs his i mean gaston has been saying it for years right like if you listen <laughs> to his, his uh <laughs> no no it was all bill Build new I think stare into his uh, baby blues and see the future. That's right. I, I think the other benefit too, uh, now uh, Bill mentioned it, is that it can be also beneficial for the volunteers and other workers coming because you don't have to commit now to come and work one meet. So if you're scared of traveling or you don't have the money to go to, you know, the classic and also the open worlds, you can say, just come in November, one championship, and you have more time to, you know, prepare for it. We have our general assembly too. So you can attend the assembly and then we're one and done. It's actually a really big point for a lot of the uh, smaller and poorer countries, particularly the countries that primarily compete uh, classic. Like New Zealand has not had representation at the general assembly for years, basically. Like I think aside from 2019 uh, and was that in Dubai or something? Um, I think aside from that, yeah, we haven't had representation at that meet for a long time because we don't, typically send a team to equipped open worlds and therefore, and that's where the, the general assembly is. We can't afford to pay someone $5,000, whatever to fly to Norway, just to represent us at that meet uh, at that assembly. And so we end up with no representation at all. And like, that's how the world powerlifting drama started, right? Like that's, that's, that's one of the key causes is that those countries are, are sort of getting left out of, of that decision-making process. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, this year, I, I do think, okay, after this conversation, I'm more and more confident that, because listen, I'm going to tell you right now, walking into this, I, when I seen U.S. pulling national teams, I was getting a little bit like, oh man, what is this? Is this going to be 2020 all over again? And the next day when Canada said, we can confirm we're sending to Romania, I'm like, all right, so you're telling me there's a chance. And after having this conversation, it, it'll be interesting though, if they pull it from Belarus, move it to later on in the year and double up with Norway, 
if the U.S. already made their decision, would they possibly backstep and say, you know what, if it's later on in the year and, um, and it's in Norway, Bill, you don't think so, eh? it's, it's a done deal. Yeah, no, there's no sub-junior, junior team. If they move it to the U.S., they still won't have a team. Oh, wow. It's never Should we move it to the U.S.? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just put it in Florida. All the meets are in Florida. So just, I, just I, can't, I can't wait for UFC to have their full audience coming soon. Oh, to Florida. Florida. In Florida. <laughs> Florida's the wild, wild west, man, even though it's the far, far east of the U.S. Then we can go to Belarus in 2022. They yeah. do have, though, international competitions within the U.S. Do you guys anticipate – it's going to be a lot more because you have not only the North American championship, but the Pan American championship. So here's a question I got for you. Do you think that by the time the North American and Pan American championship, and for anyone listening, Pan American is the whole side of this world, the whole Western hemisphere from Canada all the way down to South America. Do you need a lesson on what a hemisphere is, Ryan? What is the hemisphere? Like the Western hemisphere would definitely include Europe, right? Would it be also? I thought it was just our side of the world from Canada down to South America. I was waiting for to see if Ryan knows the most southern country in South America. He I said avoided it. <laughs> I avoided it. What's the most southern country? You know? Chile or Argentina. I yeah, mean, it goes down to tip. Uh, yeah, so it's, just, it's, North, it's North America and South America. Pan, the Pan America and Central. North America, South America. North America, Central America, South America. Right. Yeah, but NAPF already Not the takes, Western Hemisphere. Yeah. No, and NAP, the North American Championship already takes Central America and the Caribbean and those areas anyways. So, yeah, it's really just South America coming up uh, for the Pan American. And then in two years, they hold it down, host it down South America and North America go down. Yeah, they flip-flop. But so what I was going to ask, though, is so, okay, so for Americans, it's great. You, you can do North, you can do world championships or sorry, world records. Um, so you have an option there. But do we think that other nations are going to show up? Canada, maybe, because for some people, it's not, it depends if the borders open up by then. But how much international travel do you think we'll, we'll see? I mean, I think you'll definitely get the Caribbean islands for sure. Um, we'll end up showing up because it's in Miami, the North American Championship. So Orlando. Um, now. Oh, they changed. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Treasurer. Tell me about it. Is it in Orlando now? Yeah, at the oh, at the Hyatt high, high at the airport where we've had the national world yes, championship. Yes, yeah, it does sound like a dog. Uh, bro, like literally, you walk out of the terminal, like not you walk out of the gate, you turn around, go up an escalator, and you're in the hotel where the meet is. So you're telling me I can go to an international powerlifting meet in Florida, and I don't have to actually go to Florida. I can just never fly to the, the airport. Never, never leave the, the uh, airport. Sounds perfect. That's everything they that I wanted. Got a, they got a food court and a Disney store and everything in there. Yeah. That's that is my vision of America, food courts and Disney stores. <laughs> Jesus. What? Rory, this is going all over the world. <laughs> but um, but it was actually fresh. Uh, no, but so yeah, yeah, that's actually helps in terms of selling it. If anyone's like, I just want to operate, if I'm going to do this internationally, I want to operate within a bubble. It's like, well, we don't officially have a bubble, but we, it's pretty damn close. You know, you, you literally don't have to do too much traveling. You're, you're relatively safe if, as long as you become vaccinated. When is the North American Pan American Championships again, by the way? Mid-August. Okay. Well, it depends on the rollout for vaccines by yeah. then. I think, I think it's still going to be tough for South America. And in general, since the Pan American Championship, 
is not very big. It's not like a European championship where all the countries try and come they qualify for worlds based off of that is we don't get that many South Americans come anyways for the Pan American on the flip side. We don't have that many from like us go down to South America when it's down there. Um, but like Bill said, we're gonna probably get the Caribbean. We get, you know, Puerto Rico, USVI. Um, you're going to get Central America, Panama, Costa Rica, maybe Mexico, um, obviously us and then um, Canada's trying to build a team. So you're going to get a decent amount. Uh, us is, saying they're going to send a huge team because you know they're not going to be going to sub junior and juniors they already announced before that they're not going to university so instead all those people can come over to napf yeah it, i guess it depends right if, if a lot in of florida these, like i said everything's in florida man it, i guess it depends if um a lot of these nations from south america if they if they don't want to travel to europe but they think it's it's a lot it, it'll be easier just to make the travel to the u.s you might have it bigger than usual and a bigger than usual representation like Brazil obviously is a pretty big team and got some dinosaur dinosaurs. And then here's, here's a good thing. If you, if we don't have, if worlds doesn't happen, let's say, let's just say, you know, classic world doesn't happen. You could have the uh, Anna Rosa Castellane versus Kim Walford showdown at the uh, Pan American championships. There's no doubt if worlds doesn't happen, the significance of the, of the Pan American championship shoots up something crazy. I mean, the, the entire Canadian national team isn't being divided anymore um, or any of the national teams. Like if you're, if you're in South America in any of those nations and you're like, we were going to go, but only, and the only reason why we're not going is because worlds got canceled. You're probably looking at um, as long as, yeah, I mean, there, there's a bit of a time spread there. So as long as they cancel worlds in time for the Pan Ams to reap the benefit, because Pan Ams is in August and conceivably it's not until the fall that the worlds is. So they would do it's probably only five weeks, diff- five or six weeks difference. So it's not a ton, really. Is that right? Or if I can get vaccinated in time to get to the uh, Pan America Championships, that sounds like a yeah. good time to me. How so, though, dog? You guys are part of uh, just you a viewer. Spot- That's a hell of a thing. Yeah, I'll spawn load. I'll, load. I'll uh, I'm an international referee. I can referee. You're can, right. Uh, You're right. Earn your slice of pizza. What do you? What do you like is there a combo? Is this a Commonwealth here? I believe so. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's typically even, yes. So typically held sort of late in the year. Um, I think it was scheduled for the first week of December. Um, but again, same same meeting that we voted to not send a team to uh, Worlds. Uh, it's, we voted to probably uh, have to confirm with the Commonwealth Powerlifting Association, Committee, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, the wizard. Um the, that whatever that black box is um but but it's likely that that meet is going to be delayed so for those of you who don't know the uh, commonwealth champs is uh of commonwealth countries obviously so canada new zealand australia uh uk like uh, a whole bunch of India, other, uh, other countries America, yeah yeah a whole bunch of countries um and uh it's typically held every two years and sort of uh, early december uh auckland city i live in was supposed to be hosting it late this year we're probably going to postpone it to a similar time 2021 so because it's only every other year. Uh, sorry, 2022. Um, so because it's only every other year, we're like it won't be cancelled. Like we're not we're not missing a Commonwealth. So it'll just be there'll be one 2022 and one 2023, and then the next one won't be until 2025. Um, so that's that's looking like the plan at the moment. Hmm. Um, all right. Because I was going to say, if Worlds was to be cancelled, these other international meets become significantly bigger. Because for the Pan Ams. Um, you know, everybody from the U.S. And, and around that side of the world will go to the Pan Ams. But then for other nations that lack the worlds, they would start eyeing competitions like the Commonwealth. Yeah. But it is what it is. So, 
it'd be logistically hard to come to Commonwealth to New Zealand. Like um, we don't, uh, we, we experimented with self-isolation at the beginning of the pandemic and discovered that people don't self-isolate. Um, and so if you arrive in New Zealand, you are put into mandatory like monitored isolation in a hotel for two weeks. Um, you can't train, you get an hour outside that you can sort of walk around in the grass. Um, yard and, time. Like, yard, you get an hour of yard time. Yeah. Don't um, give a shit. What's going on here? That's I mean, like, you can probably make a shift, but you're not allowed within two meters of anyone else. So, right. like, depending how long your reach is, like, <laughs> that, that's like a Dan Hooker after he fought and he had to make his, you know, his four or five week trick back. He had pictures of him in the hotel with the fence up and his family on the other side. Yeah, they actually have two play. fences, right? Look, they have a they have an inside fence and then there's a, like a two and a half meter gap and then the outside fence. So, like, you can stand and talk to people who are in the isolation, um, <laughs> but in, you but you're like separated by like almost three meters by the time in, you know you get the hot. Yeah, so. Um, in between like it would just be and you have to pay for that yourself and you have to book it like months in advance to actually get space in these hotels like it's a it's a nightmare so in, in between those the, two fences pitbulls who haven't eaten in days and, kill, <laughs> and killer bees okay and honey all over the fucking pitbulls that's well what, it's that's new zealand there's a bunch of orcs running around yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> orcs. hey we got like an hour into this before the first lord of the rings reference that's uh that's, pretty <laughs> that's good right that's right so yeah, it is what it is yeah i mean uh I guess we'll see. It's it's going to be hard to call what's going to happen. Um, hopefully everything goes through anyways. And then we still have, has anyone heard about the European championships? Is there an update on that? If whether or not that's been delayed or canceled, or are we still waiting? Well, the, the, the classic open one is uh, towards the end of the year. That okay. one is uh, December 3rd to 12th. So that will be a while. The, their first European championship will be supposed to be masters classic and equipped in uh, mid-july uh, in czech republic i don't know if they've said anything about that yet or not but it's still hmm. in the ipf calendar july seems can we, get a, can we get a raw worlds in czechia man come on i'd be down for that let's do it yeah I've never so, been yeah i mean there's oh it's they have like you know bench they have uh, equipped all the time and like you know europeans are always there but like for, for whatever the, reason uh, the classic for whatever reason, they like only running the equipped meets. Like they only put it in for the equipped world championships. But I hear like they have their like their own team that runs meets, their own spar and loader crew, their own like announcers, everything like that. I think it was the spars that came to Sweden. For that oh, one did crew. I? Yeah, it was that they, team. They were in Belarus too. The the Czech spot team or whatever. Yeah. Uh, hey, what the four of us should decide all of where the IPF meets go, and we can just pick the countries that we want to go to. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, could, Ryan could put a poll up on King List. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Gaston will love that. <laughs> here, Gaston, here's an idea. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Um, Who is this guy? Yeah, why did I open this email? This is a waste. That was a waste <laughs> of five minutes. I mean, people might love it because the votes might be like, you know, New Zealand, Iceland, Hawaii, like look at all cool spots. Oh, I would love to go to Hawaii or New Zealand or dog. Are you kidding me? That'd be amazing. Uh, I mean, Commonwealth champs next year. Yeah, fuck, it's tough, man. That's a tough one. I would. It's a, like because unless listen, no, no. If 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 they were saying, because um, for the IPF, I, it's it's a. I'm going as a member of the IPF media team, so I'm not picking up the tab. But if if somebody for the Commonwealth was like, could we book you? We'll we'll handle your flights and whatnot. Fuck, man. Let me let me look at how many holidays I got left on my calendar. I would definitely consider. Well, anyways, um, all right, real quick, real quick before we go on. So, Ryan, what was your favorite? Don't you have to get into a big story, but your favorite uh, IPF Worlds event you've been to? Okay, Rory, what's yours? Yeah, Belarus. Which one? Belarus. Belarus, twenty seventeen. Arian. I mean, if we're talking IPF, it might be Belarus. Okay. 
Bless. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I like Sweden. Sweden was, I mean, the, the venue at Sweden and everything was nice. The only thing I didn't like was how far away we were from the, the venue. But other than that, that was pretty cool. All right, Ryan, go. It's between Belarus and Sweden. All right. If, if, we're, going, if we're going NAPF, it's definitely a St. Croix Virgin Islands. Oh, I was at the U.S. Virgin Islands in like 2014. Oh, my God. I think it was St. Croix. Dude, were we there together? Yeah, oh I was there. Yeah, we were there 2014 and 2016. And then after they got hit by the hurricane, the hotel's been shut down. So we haven't gone back. Wait a second. Aaron, Aaron got a bronze medal there. Did I make it? No, you? that was Moose Jaw Canada. Oh, the oh sorry. <laughs> it was Moose Jaw Canada. Yeah. And what happens at the banquet stays at the banquet. That's right. Um, yeah, no, I think Belarus. And we don't, uh, uh. If Sweden was damn good too, though, it might be Sweden. I'm gonna. I have to say off. the posters all around Helsingborg of the of uh, Isabella and like of the powerlifting stuff that added a lot to the uh, the environment in Sweden. Those parties, you know what's maybe it's Sweden because Sweden was <laughs> the drinks afterwards in Sweden were phenomenal, man, and I loved meeting up with everybody. Sweden was just, I, I mean, Belarus everything was cheaper, but Sweden just like you know everything shut down early. By the time we got back from the venue, like you know all the restaurants are closed and stuff. And I know people like to hate on Belarus and we like to hate on them sometimes too. But just from when we were in Sweden, I believe there was a bomb threat on a train. Yeah. There, there was a, a criminal running away from the cops right in front of a hotel. I was, I was talking to someone, people when the cops ran by and also didn't, was it Richard Cho or someone's plane caught fire flying back home? Yeah. He almost crashed or something. And like at that. the emergency like, landing. You know? So, and so there was, <laughs> and there was also, there was also a federation president who was pepper sprayed <laughs> It was that, and a whole bunch of hand grenades got confiscated from one of the gangs in Sweden while we were there. So there was yeah. that as well. Yeah, there were some minor things. These are hiccups. Sweden was way more dangerous than I expected. I have to say, <laughs> yeah, I thought Sweden was going to be so so mild, but then... not as chill as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but you know what? Now that I'm thinking about Sweden, my sister lives in Sweden. I was there for a week before, and fuck, Sweden's got to win. Only because of that, man, if I tag on that. But for the actual event itself, it's close between Sweden and, and Belarus in terms of what was happening around me. But anyways. is right, what Sorry, it, sorry for that. Yeah, yeah. No, man, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I love getting into a little uh, little discussion on it. And you're, you're right to be like no story attached because we'll get into storytelling mode and we'll be here until God knows how long. Um, there was also some, some other news tied in with this, Arian. Uh, yeah, the, the other thing that kind of connects with all this of of whether people are going to go as far as the U S side is that they also increased the national team fee. So for a few years, it was at $375. They increased the $495 and people might say like, Oh, the $120 is not that much. And that's the initial thing I thought too, is like, you're already getting the plane ticket, hotel, uniform, everything like that. 120 is not that much, but the, the people that might affect the most is actually sub, sub juniors and juniors. So it's like another hit against them. Possibly. Although at that age, they're probably getting, help with uh, parents to cover costs, but it goes both ways. Some try and get like, you know, fundraising at their school. Some try and get their parents. Some, some just don't have the money on the flip side for this year, going to uh, Orlando is a cheaper plane ticket than going to Romania or Belarus. So they're saving money there and then spending more on the team fee. They got to spend more money on Disney though. That's, that's the crazy <laughs> part. Well, I mean, if you're parents, you're probably like, Oh, hell yeah, we're going to Disney after a year, <laughs> after the last couple of years, by the time this rolls around, it'll be like a year and a half. The last year and a half we had, I'll go watch my son shift some weights around, watch my daughter shift a little bit of weights. Then we're going to go to Disney, relax, have a couple beers, whatever the hell, as long and, as. And the, the, the reason why USAPL stayed this increase, it used to be a number of years ago, like when I went to Moose Jaws, Bill said, the team fee was only $150. 
Then they bumped up to 375 because the 225 was going towards the out of meat testing done at every single USAPL lifters. We had a few international failures and they want to make sure everyone got tested. So you were kind of paying for your own failure, uh, your own drug test. And now they increased the 495 now because the IPF has been pushing for USAPL to do the third party testing in the water compliant labs. Whereas before, like I would go in Florida, drive around and add a meat test people. So it's like a USAPL member testing another USAPL member. So that's going to increase the cost. USAPL says that their previous testing, like using me as a doping control officer, cost them about $256, whereas now using the third party costs them about $1,150. So listen, let's talk about this because some people got upset in the comments and are like, this is bullshit, yada, yada. But you could see a conflict of interest possibly. And, and I don't want to get into how other, some people be like, well, other nations do this, other nations do that. Cause I don't know what other nations are doing, but just on the surface, if you told me, should people be testing themselves or should we have a third party that doesn't give a shit about your federation? As a matter of fact, powerlifting is very small potatoes on their plate. I would say go to the third party. If I, if, if it's just straight up, up to me, that sounds like logic to me. Um, because when you have a federation testing itself with all due respect there, and I don't think you're going to be doing anything shady, but, <laughs> but it would be, the guy? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I would, I would just think that, yeah, you would have a third party do it. I don't think it's that crazy, but am I wrong here? Because some people like, this is such bullshit. Uh, like so, again, comments will always have that there's always going to be some people it doesn't matter what the usapl ipf does it's bullshit um but what do you guys think about this i mean i, I guess the real thing is like no usapl official should be wanting to mask anybody because if they get caught later on at like let's say at ipf worlds or napfs or whatever it is then it just comes back onto the us usapl where we can't actually possibly send a team you know if you end up getting that you know was it three or four positive tests within 12 months or whatever it is so basically like i don't think that i mean i'm sure there's people that would do shady shit i mean don't get me wrong but um but it just you know it ends up ends up you know really crushing the the federation if we ended up getting that you know uh drug testing ban from the ipf um so i guess that and that's one of the reasons that we do do so so basically it comes down to like if we want to test everybody, we need to do it the right way and do the third party or just not test anybody and hope for the best. <laughs> right. I mean, those are the two, those are the two options. So we'll see. Yeah. I guess the, the fear would be if you, um, you test people and for sure, if somebody popped, the fear would be you pull them aside and like, listen to me. Um, you know, we're not going to suspend you because we need you on that national team but you had better not like you're now you're flagged and you handle it internally as opposed to out in the open or like, cause there are some lifters that are massive followings and be a big black guy if they end up popping and you could do a little public relations control behind closed doors, deal with things and be like, all right, look at you're not going to make the team and you we're going to, this is going to be the reason why, but it's not going to be a drug test or whatever. You're not going to make, you know, there are different things like that where it's like, all right, full transparency, the third party doesn't give a shit who you are, what the Federation is, what is, what's going on. Um, you know, you're on, you're on every poster and whatever. Don't care. You're suspended. We're putting up the substance you were busted for and it is what it is. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I could see why, like, especially if you're, if you just want to be in line with some, some other sports 
in amateur sport anyways. And you're like, okay, we got to be water tested. And I'm looking at some people listening to us are going to be like, are you fucking, have you seen Icarus? Are you kidding me? I get it, man. I'm just saying like, I'm not, I've, I've seen the documentaries and I'm no expert on drug testing. I'm just saying, I see the reason why, at least on the surface, you got to lean towards it if you're leaning in that direction. But I know some people would be like, could easily slide in some DMs and be like, take a look at the numbers. And if you actually look at the stats, look at, I'm no expert on this. But um, anyways, what do you, is there anything else you guys want to say about that or you want to move on? Because there's uh, not a whole hell of a lot. Uh, There's the news anyways. Yeah, that's the news. I just wanted to throw in there that, yeah, if, if you're someone who wants to go to the third-party testing and not have someone, like you said, a conflict of interest, not necessarily from the USAPO organization, but the person doing the test, you, be, you can be testing your friend and give them a heads up, or you can be testing like your competitor and maybe maybe like, you know, try and mess up the test or do something like, you know, to, to try and like damage it uh, or some, some way to get them off the team or something like that. Um, so this takes that out of it. The, I think the, the, the possible downsides, which we don't know, is how many tests are they going to do? Are they going to do the same level of testing everyone? Or now they have to reduce the amount of people they test because they don't have as much money coming in to cover the test. And then the other thing uh, people just complain is just additional costs. And people are just saying there should be another way to get the money, whether it's increasing the membership or increasing you know, the, the uh, meet director sanction fee or something like that so that the person making the national team doesn't have to choose whether they go to Worlds or not based on whether they can afford it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing where, look at the USAPL could say, what can we do? Uh, the IPF is making us. But some people could be like, okay, no, this is the cost. But if we look around how many members you have, how many people show up to your raw nets, how much money might be flowing around, do we have to foot the bill here? You have a lot of sponsors, et cetera. Like, does it get passed down to us though? Or like, I mean, is there other ways? Or- there's arguments in every direction, right? Like, right. you know, if, if we we the usapl i'm not even part of the usapl Me you know, if we put up the uh the uh, membership fee of all of the usapl members even if you put it up two dollars or whatever i don't know how many usapl members there are then the complaint would be hey why are we paying for the drug testing for people who go into worlds when i'm never going to go to worlds like i'm right. like why, why should i be paying for something for other people right like and so or same same if we're doing or we're gonna put up the meet director sanction fee and now the meet directors are like okay well now i either have to make less money or charge more money to the people who are competing it and, and so like now why am i footing the bill right so like every option there's going to be somebody who loses out a little bit and this in this way the person who has to pay for it is also the person who's benefiting um and so like in some respects it's probably the the, the least crappy of a number of like quite shitty options so maybe yeah i don't know yeah i get I'd it have, without but, looking at the numbers at all go ahead Aaron. Yeah. no i was just gonna say that is definitely something that the usapo higher-ups had said of why they don't want to just like add it to yearly membership is they don't want to have like 99% of the membership pay for the 1% that actually go to Worlds. I just, I feel like with the US team, that's such a monster team, they could get a sponsor on there to cover those costs and be like, you guys are good. Like not, it does the money doesn't have to say on the check, this is for doping testing, but it could just be uh, exactly, a sponsor could be like, cause you know that the team is huge. The sponsorship money floating around, but I don't know. I'm not looking at the books. Um, so whatever <laughs> it is what it I, is i mean they might be it might be a sponsor that's more willing to do it because the thing i tell everyone is usapl going to worlds and winning the team trophy gets them nothing the trophy goes here on my piano or in my room <laughs> and it just sits there and it gets usapl no money but on the flip side a sponsor sponsoring a team can then maybe you know get revenue out of you know sponsoring a team and advertising so maybe they might be more likely to cover the cost yeah it's a possibility um 
I think we're ready to move on to the other piece of news we got. Um, some more news broke. And again, there's going to be consequences. And um, it's somewhat for the U.S., but it's also, it affects other nations as well. But a lot of money meets are in the U.S. So I'll let you, um, you broke it earlier today, Arian, and then uh, we reposted on the King of Lifts story, but I'll let you give it. Yeah, the, it was basically the, I mean, the IPF is always updating their bylaws or constitution and, you know, making adjustments here and then. And they, they did a whole change to the bylaws and constitution and they sent it all to uh, online uh, assembly since they didn't have the world championships to vote on it. And it was basically an all or nothing. They didn't go through each individual change and say, hey, let's vote on every single little thing. They said, we either accept everything as is or we decline everything as is. And there were a number of changes in there, but the main one that I know everyone wants to know about, which is why I posted it, is they adjusted that whole uh, IPF lifters competing in other federations, specifically international meets. Is now instead of you can't compete in the IPF, they're also trying to say that you can't compete in the national level of your uh, in your own uh, uh, member federation. So, like for USAPL, you won't be able to compete in USAPL nationals if you go to these other federations. And that's where, historically speaking, if it was. The IPF saying you can't come to an international meet that we are sanctioning. That's our meet. That's one thing. But some people are getting a little upset saying, okay, now you're saying for individual federations, you're telling these federations how they have to govern and tell their lifters. And um, for them, I had uh, the USAPL president, Larry was on King of Lifts, and he said he has a problem with that himself where um, he's like, look, we're in America, we have, you know, free trade and, you know, you could, you could do, you can't stop people from doing things like that. Um, and he felt very strongly about it. So I'm sure th this is going to ruffle people from the lifters all the way up to certain federations, not just the U.S. We have a focus on the U.S. right now, but this is for all federations all over the world. What do you guys, what are your thoughts? So I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Surprisingly, I have an opinion. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of, couple of aspects of this. The first one is that this doesn't affect everybody, right? Like there's a lot of countries in the world that really only have one federation, or maybe they have one drug tested federation and one non-tested non federation. Um, and so if you're, a, if you're a tested guy, you go into the IPF affiliate, the tested org, and then that's, that's where you are. And it doesn't, doesn't matter because there isn't these big invitational money meets. There isn't. Uh, there isn't a USPA, there isn't, uh, you know, hundred uh, percent raw, whatever, whatever else there, are, that, that stuff just doesn't exist in most, most countries. So like that isn't going to affect a lot of people. The other thing is a mindset thing that I think applies largely to North America, uh, USA and Canada, and doesn't really apply so much to a lot of, a lot of other countries. Um, and so like a lot of USAPL lifters will consider themselves a USAPL lifter and the USAPL happens to be aff uh, affiliated with the IPF. And so they'd go, I affiliate with the USAPL. I follow USAPL rules. Some of those are inherited from the IPF, but that's how it is. In most countries, it doesn't work like that. In most countries, people would consider themselves to be an IPF lifter. If you say to most Americans, hey, I'm an IPF lifter, what they assume that means is that you go to international meets and you compete as in quote unquote, the IPF. Whereas if you go into a powerlifting gym in New Zealand and you say, hey, I'm an IPF lifter, what they hear is I'm a New Zealand powerlifting federation, IPF affiliate. I'm an IPF lifter. I'm an NZPF lifter rather. Um, and so like a lot of people would look at this and they go, yeah, that, that totally makes sense because the New Zealand powerlifting national championships is in effect an IPF meet. Like it's not registered, it's not uh, directly done by the IPF. It's done by an IPF affiliate, but like it is, 
inheriting all of its rules. It's inheriting everything that happens is directly inherited from the way that the IPF does things. So like this, this actually doesn't affect very many countries other than the United States and Canada. Um, and it's, it's largely because of those two reasons, I think. That's, that's interesting. Arian, it did say coaches in there also, correct? Yeah, the rules. Yes, and, and officials, officials as well. Right. Yeah. So in theory, if like, I know there's another, there's one other federation over there in New Zealand, right? Um, like an un untested federation. Um, there's another tested so, federation as well. So there's, there's kind of three. Okay. So again, so if there was a lifter from Australia at this meet and you were coaching one of your people there, then this would be, you know, part of, yeah, you would be part of the sanction, correct? That is, yep, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so again, you're like, yes, I understand what you're saying. That's mostly a U.S. thing. And it probably, you know, it sounds like it, right? But like, um, but like something like that, where you, you, I'm sure there's a lot of New Zealand, Australia lifters kind of going back and forth to, to do competitions. No, really? No, nope, absolutely oh. not. It's, okay. it's, it's more or less a one-way thing. Like if you, if you move between the two, so it's uh, World Powerlifting New Zealand and NZPF, which is the World Powerlifting and the IPF affiliate respectively. Um, and basically it's a, it's a one-way thing. Like you move okay. into World Powerlifting, you're not allowed to come back to the NZPF until it's been at least six months since your last meet anyway. Um, gotcha. And so like it's, it works much the same way as the IPF gotcha. rules work. Okay. Yeah. So, but I think, I mean, obviously the lifter rule is one thing, right? Where you kind of know it's coming, but you know, if you have, you know, one of these coaches that goes and coaches, let's say, you know, I don't know who, what, what, I don't know, whatever. So let's just say, um, you know, I go and compete at this, you know, this other meet and Arian comes and coaches me and um, at the showdown. And all of a sudden now he's under sanction because of, you know, there being an international lifter there. So, I mean, the rules have just kind of been, just don't do a meet that has an international lifter. Just make it easy on yourself. If you're good enough to, to, to go to nationals and you want to go to U.S. nationals, just don't, don't do another meet. It's, just make it easy. Just it's, make it easy. It is. And it's not just if someone else is international there, but also if someone else is there. Let's say Arian is coaching somebody who, lit, train, who uh, sorry, competes untested. They go to an untested competition. And nobody international is coming. Good. But then somebody is there that was suspended. And Arian's there handling this guy. Now that guy is never coming to the USAPL. And the guy's like, well, that's fine by me. I'm not natty and I don't want to try to do that anyways. But now Arian who handled him and coached him is now suspended. And Arian's like, frig, I, it was a smaller me, but there was someone there who's suspended. And now- It's not Arian, new though, right? Like that has existed. No, that's been that rule's rule. existed been for a long time. Um, I remember the drama when uh, Ed Cohen ran those seminars and the USAPL put out a statement being like, remember you signed a thing saying you wouldn't get coached by banned lifters. Ed Cohen's been banned for life from the IPF. I mean, shit, we, we've, uh, had, we've had USAPL suspended lifters coaching at USAPL, you know, national events and like- uh, and Enforcement is a whole other thing, right? Like, yeah. so, I mean, no like, one's going around with a clipboard at the back of these meets being like, are you under suspension? Are you under suspension? And that's but, kind of part of it. Like if you like- most people don't know who most lifters are. So you're going to get away with this regardless. Like, it's not a big deal. Like Gaston doesn't know who, you know, who, who I am. So if I want to go do a damn meet, I can go do a meet and like, I'm not going to get in trouble. You know, I guess it, what comes down to it is if the USAPL or, you know, New Zealand or whatever federation is going to actually, you know, withhold these uh, rules. That's all. And that's an interesting point right there. Um, because in terms of enforcement, what is the IPF going to do to make a U the USAPL suspend and take action? Or we say USAPL, it could be any nation. Um, and the USAPL would be like, look, we're under a lot of scrutiny because everything's going to be on social media, but there are nations that op operate 
on our anonymity, basically they, they, their, their social media is far less. You could get away with a whole lot more. Um, so then it becomes like, you're not going to show up here. So is it going to be on a basis of, you know, combing through some social media, if something gets brought to your attention, it'll be more high profile cases, the higher profile you are, unfortunately, the devil's edge to that is you're under a whole lot more scrutiny. Um, but enforcement's going to be weird. That's the funny thing too, is like you say, like, you know, um, the higher profile, like the best male lifter on the planet right now is probably Ashton Ruska and Gaston has no clue who this guy is, right? He doesn't. Gaston is probably not the right person to use as your uh, litmus test. <laughs> but, but he's, he's the one who's enforcing the rule, right? He's, he's the making president. decisions. Uh, right. Well, no, he's, but he'll have people that, but here's the thing. No, for sure. No, yeah, I, I get yeah, it. I'm yeah. just saying like the person in charge of it has no idea who this other person is. That's all I'm saying. It's just kind of funny because it's going to have to trickle down to like, okay, is the USAPL going to enforce the rules? Is the CPU going to enforce the rules? Is the NZPL going to enforce the rules kind of thing? Uh, and that's where it comes down to. And I guess, you know, then it's like he said, she said kind of thing that's going to be, oh, it's on social media. So, you know, it did happen. You know, so how is that all going to work? There's a photo from this mate and this person in the background is obviously right, this person, which means you were there at the same time. And right. like, yeah, exactly. Like this yeah. person, it's a whole thing, right? Didn't compete, but he coached this person at this meet. And there's a photo from this meet. And I want this person kicked out of USAPL nationals. Like, come on, like, it's gonna, it's gonna snowball into this ridiculous stuff. It could be a little bit like, look at us national winning us nationals punches your ticket for the IPF worlds. I, I don't know if some people, how you might feel if you're coaching a team and you know one of your rival coaches was bending the rules and you know with a phone call you could be like look at i i know for a fact that it's on the stream the streams on youtube there's footage this is out in the open you just make one little email and this guy's gone from worlds and so we need that anonymous hotline that we need. i mean becomes- I, would, I would do it as a coach like <laughs> that's the i mean <laughs> what do you do for your lifter i mean it has happened before because it's not like like, for example, for my team, it's not like Bill and I are going out looking at the lifters who, you know, make our team to say like, oh, man, they did this other federation. Someone finds it. And so there have been times where like, you know, someone finds it and sends it to USAPL. USAPL emails the head coach and says, hey, please remove this lifter from your team. They're no longer eligible. And I've also heard a story because at USAPL, we don't have a technical meeting before nationals, but the IPF, they have a technical meeting before the championship to discuss things. And I've heard at that technical meeting, a USAPL lifter brought up the proof or whatever happened against another USAPL lifter on the same team. Cause they were competing in the same weight class to get them oh, out of the world to try and get yeah. them out of the world championship. No love. love One no thing that's love. worth pointing out is that this is not an IPF rule. This is a wider rule. Um, and so like the, the one about competing internationally with a, with a non-sanctioned meet, like people who have failed, who are doing drug sanctions aside, like that's an IPF thing. The drug sanctions thing, that's a that's a wider rule. And so like, that's not even optional for the IPF to go, hey, actually, um, we're gonna change that. Like that's a that's a rule that we take when we go, okay, yeah, let's let's be wider compliant. So okay, we're, uh, we're stuck with that one. Sorry, so let, let's back up on that again. So in terms of competing against someone who had failed the test previously, if you do that, you're suspended. That's a water rule and it doesn't, the IPF has no say, okay. Because we actually mentioned that in the podcast we had with Dennis Cornelius and Joey Flex. And I think I had said that as well. 
and I feel better that I didn't have the information right in front of me, but like, I'm pretty sure that's water, not IPF. Cause some people are getting, you know, Dennis was a little bit, he, he's like, don't tell me where I can and can't lift. You know, Dennis was, that's, he, yeah, that's okay. a water rule. I could bring up the uh, water code, but it's, it's we got um, so <laughs> yeah, we got you. But the IPF rule is um, international. If you compete against an international lifter. So all that or coach again, coach or, or, coach, or coach or officiate. What yes. if though, what if though, you're so what if at a competition it's let's say this takes place in america in great britain whatever everybody in that in all the lifters are from america great britain but one of the coaches Ooh, flew i like in, it i and like the coach it. that flew in i is like on, it is, is, is a canadian from the canadian look, canada canadians everything canadian there are canadian yeah. coaches who are untested and and or possibly suspended or vice versa u.s come up to canada so you're looking at the roster you're a coach and you're like you i know could everybody. do it on purpose to get an entire <laughs> team banned i'm going to show up at the usapl nationals as an <laughs> international coach and i'm going to get the whole usapl team banned. <laughs> you all fuck brett gibbs again baby brett we're all done baby that's, that's the way it goes <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you, so, Arian, so that, Arian and Bill are there and they see Rory in the warm up room like holy fuck it's like spare tackle me like tired out of the building it's like a, like a kung fu movie that you know where the, the bad guy sees the good guy and a huge fight breaks out and it's like what the fuck is that all about and they're like get him out get him out the back it was door. like throwing plates video. and like Arian's like running up the plates <laughs> nobody take video he was never here they hush you out they, the whole night um, no, no so obviously the um the lifter is what makes the, the meet international yeah. or not, not the coaches. So, okay. um, you know, that, you know, the fact that you two show up to handle, you know, lifters at said meet doesn't make it international. Um, uh, I, I, I'm assuming that, I mean, I don't know again, how it could written, be completely so. wrong on that, but I'm assuming that's what the rule is. That's how, that's how I interpret it as well. Yeah. Okay. Which also means that you can have international uh, officials as well. So for example, if you're holding a, a USAPL meet and you're like, Oh, I haven't got enough referees. We'll just get someone to drive down from somewhere nearby in Canada. Like that's, that's fine as well. That's the, um, it's the, it's the lifters. Hmm. Cause once it's international judging and officiating, it feels a little more international. That's one of the criteria for it to be international. I mean, I don't think that's a good example because you still have to be an IPF affiliate referee for that to work. Um, right. So it's not, it's not a good example, but like yeah, it's the first thing that came to mind. So, so I, I was going to mention too, the, couple of reasons I've heard of why they may have pushed towards this is focused more on the, the lifter side as well. So one of the reasons I've heard obviously is because they want to keep the IPF lifters in the IPF meets and not have them go to other federations. So obviously that is lifter focused. The other thing I heard is lifter focused that I don't necessarily agree with is that they don't want them to go do other federation meets and not be possibly a member of the IPF affiliate and be inside the out of meat testing pool. So you can kind of like circumvent the IPF testing, out of meat testing, because you're not part of the affiliate, you're going and doing other federation meets or anything like that. And then you come back for like their nationals or whatever. Smart. We require, the wider code requires you if you leave your federation and come back to be within the testing pool for six months before you go to a national level event anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't think that that is a, a good argument. I understand what you're saying. I just don't think it's a good argument because the water code sort of prohibits it anyway. I, I don't know if it's enforced everywhere. Cause here in like USAPL, you know, like you can, you know, your membership goes up in 2020. You just wait until you have a meet coming up in 2021 to renew your membership. If you already qualify for nationals, nationals could be your first one, like a month out, you just, you know, renew your membership and then you go. My, my argument back too, is that a lifter could do the same thing by just not competing. 
You just don't be a member, don't compete anywhere. You go on whatever you want, get out of the testing pool, and then come back. Like possibly during a pandemic. (laughs) Here's the thing, Rory. In the U.S., fucking Arian Iswata, okay? This is the problem, all right? This is the guy that's showing up at your... Iswata. (laughs) Again, in Florida is so bad, Arian shows up at your doorstep to watch you pee. That's how bad. Wada underscore FL. That's just Arian's like backup account. It's his burner. <laughs> That's what his license plate says. Uh, like, oh. <laughs> uh, a, a couple of things I want I want to throw in there too is because when we're posting the news, obviously we're posting the most important things um, that peel lifters might be concerned about. But like what we mentioned earlier is that people weren't voting for or against this specific amendment. They were voting for the entire thing. And there's maybe things that they do like. And like Rory said, maybe this thing doesn't affect your country. So they voted for it. Or maybe they were very adamant about some of the changes and they voted against it because it was all or nothing. But like there were people that voted against um, changing the bylaws and the constitution. And they actually did put the voting up on the IPF website. I was kind of surprised they did, but maybe because it wasn't in person and it was online, they wanted to all be public. So people can go on there and look and see like, um, the EPF representative Arnoff voted against it. The North American representative Larry voted against it. The athlete rep- uh, representative Piotr Vandehoek voted against it. Um, obviously, USAPL voted against it. A lot of European countries surprisingly voted against it. There may have been like other changes that they weren't uh, they weren't liking. It was almost 50-50, like Austria, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Great Britain, Iceland, Netherlands, Norway, oh, Slovenia. Wow. Um, Switzerland, Sweden, all voted against it. Holy smokes. Um, but, but they but they did get enough countries from, you know, the rest of North America, South America, Africa, Ocean, everything like that, and plus the EC members to, to get it through. The other thing I want to mention, because people are already asking, is like, oh, is this the Ashton Rauschka rule? Or is this the Sean Noriega rule? And people don't understand that they've been working on these bylaws for a long time, because it takes time to go to the lawyers and go to the Luxembourg law and figure out what you need to change, go to the IOC, see what commissions you need to have and what you need to be in place and then go back and forth and get everything right. Then send it to all the countries and they have to hunt down all the countries by email. Like, please vote, please vote, please vote. Cause some people didn't get their new way. doesn't have an email address. They've only got a fax number. So that's how you get hold of the new way and power of the federation. Yeah, I know bill. Send the Eagles bro. Send the Eagles. So people think that like, Oh, this is a reaction to like, you know, the showdown meet in Ashton. So like that, but, these changes are already a long time. It was a long time. And it actually goes further back, probably more to Robert Wilkes and the world power thing thing with uh, Jezza, like them having Jezza go do world power thing and then coming back. And then more recently, uh, Christopher Zbicki going and doing world power thing and some other federation and then trying to come back. And there's actually, if you go look at like the 2020 minutes, uh, Christoph did try and appeal his case against the IPF or something like that because they weren't allowing him to come to the world championship. So there's stuff like that too from other countries. You know, a lot of times US people aren't focused on the US lifters, but there's Don't. been issues like that in 2018 and 2019 that's led to. So this. the US voted against it, but who voted for it? From where? Like anywhere. Hey, who, who are some like of 130 big names? IPF countries. So like, who are some of the big called, names though? I don't want 130. Yeah, I mean, for like, for like the e, for the EC, everyone voted say- for. Did you say Canada voted for yes already? Tell me some of the big nations that voted for it. Yeah, so like from the EC, everyone voted for it except for those three that I mentioned, Arnoff, Larry, and Piotr. And then from the other countries, yeah, like, you know, all all of um, Africa voted, basically voted for it. For NAPF, like Bill said, the CPU, Canada did vote for it. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, New Zealand uh, didn't get their vote in in time. What about UK? Fortunate. One uh, one other cool thing that happened just in the last couple of days with the IPF is we added five new member countries to the uh, to the IPF 
roster, I guess. Uh, Barbados, Cyprus, Palestine, Paraguay, and Portugal, which is kind of cool. That's so uh, maybe we can go to uh, Barbados for uh, for a call sometime soon. Or Palestine. There, it's all, dude, it's so hot there. Oh, my God. Uh, I actually got sunburn through my shirt in Barbados. It's like, it's like what, when you come to New Zealand, you wear sunblock every day, even when you're inside wearing clothes. It is not bad. When you're dude. inside... Uh, I got, like literally wore a shirt, had sunscreen on my arms, my head, everything was good. I literally got sunscreen, a sunburn through my shirt. It was so bad. But Barbados. Oh, is so awesome. it's it's confirmed. The, the the four of us have decided it's uh, Barbados next. Oh hell yeah! Um, Thanks, Gaston. Malaysia is beautiful too, man. I'm glad Malaysia. Um, I had a buddy who lived in Malaysia, and he he's moving back now, but he said it's like an amazing country to be living in. Part of the Commonwealth, man. They're going to be part of your Commonwealth Championships too. Sure. Yep, uh, we're trying to get a, in Hong Kong as well. We're trying to get uh, Jamaica going too. It's supposed to be going there uh, soon to do like seminars for them on how to run meets and everything like that. And then they're That'd trying to amazing. run a co- competition in November. So might have Jamaica as a spot to go to soon. Dog, and again, another Commonwealth oh. country as well as North American. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, if you need referees. <laughs> um, yeah, anybody who's listening to this, if you see something of this pass and you're like, this is because of, and then plug in your popular social media guy that it's just, he just posted up a three weeks ago. He was going to go to a, a competition, put your phone down. The people voting on this, like 130 nations all over the world. Some of these people have no idea who your lifter you follow on social media is, and you think it's everything to you and you're going to, you and your friends are going to be talking about it. But this is a big world, man. And people like it's, there's far bigger stuff going on. It's, it amazes me how like some kind of rumors and innuendos happen like that, where people like, this is why it is. And it's such bullshit and whatever. It's like, man, it's not, it's a lot bigger than you think it is. And, and this is so recent where the process to get this through is so long. It would be uber petty, um, for like the IPF to do something like this for one particular lifter. This is a situation that takes years to do and it's very slow moving. Um, it's just not the way it works. But uh, anyways, yeah. And there was something else in there I wanted to throw out. Oh, earlier, earlier Bill, not for nothing, not to scare nobody. But you were saying, um, yeah, I mean, Gaston doesn't know who I am. And, and uh, you know, they're not listening to this, but just for the record, there was a full King of List podcast interview that was transcripted and put into the IPF magazine with a lift right? with an interview I did on the podcast. After the fact, I wasn't told beforehand we're going to be listening to this and transcribing it. After the fact, like, hey, we heard this. I want to do transcribe that. What do you think? I'm like, okay, go ahead. So they're listening, my man. And he might know who you are. So. <laughs> Next time you have the world's guest store shakes your hand like, oh, big Bill. Squeezing oh, it. Oh, yeah, you, oh, wild Bill. I got you, man. Does he send you uh, happy birthday messages on Facebook? Who, guest store? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He, he sends so. it to his favorites. A pretty Go on last year. So uh, must be must be moving up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways. Um, yeah, but I digress. So yeah. looking at the, sh- the, the showdown competition, though, so this means, and, and he, do we actually think there's going to be international lifters at the showdown competition in time? Well, Rondell Hunt said he's going. Ah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. You're right. There it is. 
So, I mean, so, that's the only one I know of. I don't know. I haven't seen the roster, but I just know that he decided he's going. So if he goes, then yeah. I didn't think about, cause I was just thinking off the top of my head, like people flying over or, uh, you know, from Europe or, or whatever, Belkin or whoever. Yeah. I don't know if there's any Russians going or any Canadians going or. Yeah. But Rondell, you're right. There it is, man. If he can make it, you know, in terms of if the borders open up and that's a possibility and it's, it's not, it's not a big leap. Um, Where's the meat? St. Louis. Is it St. Louis? I could pull it up. I think it is. Yeah. But um, the, the, the other person, which I, I mentioned to them, which is also another tricky situation is the, the band lifter that Roy was talking about. So in this case, Jamal Browner was invited. And I believe he's going and he's a suspended lifter from the IPF still. And so that would then go into that rule. But the other thing is that I don't know when he's cleared, but his suspension comes up. I believe it comes up on 4th of July, which is funny, like uh, Independence Day for U.S. Jamal Brown. <laughs> Jamal Brown. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I don't know if it's just when his suspension is up or if the lifter has to reapply or, or like go to, because there's a, there's a process if you want to come back to the Federation, a, a process to reapply to get back in and you have to like pay your fine to the IPF and everything or to USAPL if they have to pay the fine. So I don't I know if thought it was while you were only actively serving the suspension. So, but then, I but think, I don't know how. But I don't know how it works if his drug testing suspension is up. But like USAPL and IPF say, well, you never paid for the thousand euro fine for failing your drug test, so we're going to keep you on our suspension list for monetary reasons. And if that would have any kind of you know effect or not, so it's it's, it's very uh, up in there as far as I don't know all the rules and stuff, and I don't know if the IPF would come and enforce it or if they don't even know what's going on. I, that's a tough one because for individuals, first off, let me get some clarity there. Cause I didn't re- realize that you had to pay the IPF if you, if for, if you fail the drug test, the, the member federation does. And then if you're trying to come back to your member federation, they're going to say, Oh, by the way, you still owe us this money. Okay. So then, so I think the USAPL is going to eat that because Jamal, I don't think is ever coming back. So if that's, that's what he's the, saying, so he's going to, so does he, he's probably so going to stay on the suspended list because he owes them money. So he's going to be in the a financial the USAPL. Expensive. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that would have any kind of effect. That'll be forever, though, because he'll never pay and he'll never come back. And right. I don't think they'll be the I only th- person banned forever or suspended forever. No, but I, I think due to that, I don't think they're. So this is just what I would. It looks to me to be the best route to go, but I'm saying this is the way it is that it would be more the suspension as opposed to when they pay, because you'll probably. I, this is we're talking Jamal Browner. I think a lot of people who get suspended are like, well, fuck it, I'm never coming back. So. Well, that would mean that no one way. from the USAPL can ever compete with Jamal Browner or be coached by Jamal Browner again. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, the- I, we were saying Jamal, but I think anybody who gets suspended and leaves is probably like, well, I'm not coming back. So I'm not paying you. So yeah, we're saying Jamal, but it could be a lot of people out there. Yeah. No one pays, but on the flip side, it, it could work out for them. If the international lifters can't travel, so no international people show up. And then if Jamal's suspension is up and then that means he's clear, then that means it's all us lifters and no suspend lifters and they can run the meet. Like honestly, initially because i do think jamal suspension will be up by then so and i don't think there's anyone else who's still on suspension that's going to show up um some of these individuals got suspended in the past but i think they're all long past but it's going to be rondell hate to mm-hmm. put, fucking put it on he's like the nicest guy in the world too. <laughs> if he's that's listening, it's, it's you... tough to be like you're gonna get us all suspended but it's not his fault he's like look it's up to you guys i'm i'm showing up just like anybody else is showing up you guys do whatever you want to do but also he's an ipf lifter so if he shows up to the meet He's going to end up suspending himself also. I mean, obviously, there's that stuff going on with Trinidad and Tobago that he yeah. can't compete anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Right. But, you know, 
it does still put sanctions on him for that year. Yeah, for him, he's got he's a man with nothing to lose because uh, he has essentially there is no Fed for him, and he's just he's just doing his damn thing. Interesting. But stuff. if they can't, but if they cancel Worlds in enough time, then you're gonna have a nice influx of people be like, yeah, I got a year, be all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in terms of competing, you mean? Yeah, like going to like the, the one of these other untested meets or whatever it is. But you'll you know, miss to be suspended for a year. But you'll you'll miss the U.S. Raw Nationals the next. But for, too. for other countries, Nationals isn't their only way to qualify for international meet. He's saying like Rondell Trinidad Jamaica might not have a Nationals. They figure things out and then yeah, they yeah. have you know Worlds in 2022 and he shows up. Uh, I got you for Rondell. Yeah, um, for for people though. So initially, if we were talking about uh, Sean Noriega and um, Daniela Mello. If people are saying, okay, if nothing changed in terms of a shakeup with the U.S. Raw Nationals and the champions remain, um, like let's say Amanda Lawrence, who's number one in the world, continues to be number one in the world. And then Russell also continues to be number one. So, because Sean and Daniela would be underdogs, but they'd be, they're competitive. I'm, we're not doing a preview show right now. I'm not doing I mean, Danny's show. going 76 now. But is she, I think she is. Well, yeah, so now she's, she's going 24 hour now she's going 24 hour way in like uh you know it's now now she's going to totally at us raw national she's on the roster of 76 is she going so are they they're both going to do this still i'm assuming we'll see. i mean you can change your weight class we'll see what happens yeah either way not, not a preview show <laughs> okay okay we're gonna get lost in the details but what i'm gonna what i was gonna say is Having a U.S. Raw Nats, and we just lost Rory, everybody, but that's fine. I was going to say a proper goodbye, <laughs> but he is fucking pieced out. He said, it ten, work. he said 10 minutes, and he was chatting us. He could have just said, I got to leave, and I'll fucking <laughs> whatever. There's always that awkward guy who leaves the party without telling anybody. But <laughs> um, it'll be weird having U.S. Raw Nats without Sean Noriega, without Daniela Mello. Because now they're not just – they're before this Danny role didn't came in. last year. Before, Danny didn't compete in 2019. Before this, uh, before this rule came into place, someone could say, well, you'd have to beat Russ to go to Worlds. And some people would be like, well, you're not favored to beat Russ. That's, that's the point where I was going at before. So they're like, so whatever, Sean could be like, all right, fuck it. If I, if I beat Russ, now I got a tough decision because I might be losing IPF Worlds. That could be a decision I'll make after the fact. But now it's not even that. It's not even where Sean is in a position where it's like, let me see what happens at Raw Nats and then let me weigh whether or not I want to go with the Worlds. Now it's like, my friend, you're not even coming back for Raw Nats if you do this. Like it's, it's, so, it's, so Raw Nationals is in June. When is this other meet? um uh, october yeah let me pull yeah. this so up. yeah so they'll do they'll all do nationals and then they can decide which one they want to do um yeah ex- sure but w- what i'm saying though is if he doesn't win nats let's say he comes in silver so he's not going to go to worlds if he does this meet so conceivably there it would have been like i'll do this meet i'm not going to worlds anyways um and then if i can't go to the fallen worlds okay but I could still do U.S. Nats. So he's a bit of a circuit to do there. But now it's like, my friend, you do this Raw Nats, win or lose. Like, let's say, okay, you come in silver and you're not going to Raw Worlds. You're also not going to Raw Nats again the next year. And then you're also not going to Worlds again. Like, you're really, there's a domino effect now. You're almost pulling yourself out of the USAPL pool. Like, you've become, if you're not going to USAPL Raw Nats, and Rory, when you would leave, give, you, give me a little heads up. I'll let you peace out. I got to blow bow out. Okay. Rory, thank you for being here. How do people reach you if they want coaching, sir? 
uh, sisyphusstrength.com or at Rory Lynch, uh, R-A-W-R-Y-L-Y-N-C-H on Instagram. Um, thanks, y'all. Have fun without me. My man, thank, yeah. you for, thank you for jumping in. Much appreciated. Well, well, Ryan was saying, Bill, is the following year. J- just to get the info right, because we kind of butchered a little bit, is the showdown's in Kansas City, and it's September 25th and 26th. So if, like, you know, Sean and Danny go and do this meet in September 25th and 26th, international meet, then That's that it. can take them out of the Arnold if it happens in 2022 and nationals if it happens before September and 2022. In addition, the other thing for, for Sean is he's also a coach now too. So he's not going to be able to coach his own athletes at the Arnold or nationals for next year. Which is massive. I mean, the advantage of having your coach, like you talk to Joey Flex or RTS or anybody, you know, the strength guys, when you show up at a raw Nats, there's an expectation by your roster that you show up and you coach everybody. Joey Flex puts that ahead of, everything else. Like he's, he's, I mean, he's an elite lifter, but he's like, I, I got to handle everybody and I got to be involved. It's math. You, I don't got to tell you guys, I don't got to tell you, look at who I'm talking to. You, you know how big it is. Yeah, to so I mean, these events. So two things are going to happen. The showdown is going to be smart enough and they're going to get rid of the international lifters so they can have other guys, you know, have all the USAPL guys come over and compete if they want to. And the second thing is Sean's not going to jeopardize his coaching career for this showdown meet. Um, I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong, but like, if it's me, you know, I'm not going to jeopardize all and basically say F you to all my lifters so I can do a competition. Right. I'm going to, you know, if he, if, unless he doesn't want to be there for them, which I mean, I'm sure he does. So um, yeah, I, I, I can't see it happening where he keeps doing this meet. And then again, now if, you know, Danny does the meet, she gets suspended then she can't be, at Sean's meet to help him out. Cause now she's just, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it snowballs. So the biggest fix in this whole thing is if the showdown wants to have all these lifters in it is remove the obstacles. You're right. I mean, if you are Luke bright, if you're thinking you would ask yourself, is it going to be, is Rondell hunt versus, you know, Rondell hunt in the mix worth more, or do we just say Rondell? Yeah, that's tough. You're right. If he want, if he's like, do I swap one person out and keep like three, four, five, whoever? I, I didn't check how many USAPL lifters are in this situation. Um, I mean, does Ashton coach people as well? I don't I think. I have so. no idea. I'm I think now sure. he's now he's not with the. I think he's uh, graduated, so now he's not competing with the college team and not like helping coaching. I don't think he is. Because because you're it, there's there's look at there's bigger impact. Um, and if somebody shows up and coaches them. Right, they're suspended. Womp womp. So then, yep. um, so now we're reaching into. Yeah, like if Marcella shows up to coach Ashton and Rondell's there. I mean, and or or again, like if someone shows up to help Sean, to help Danny, to help, like because they can't just help each other if they're competing on the same time, or you know, it's difficult to try to do that. Anybody who comes in trying to help out. Like this is, and then, and then if you come in to help out, you're not just getting suspended. You're going to miss, if you're a coach, you're missing Arnold's, you're missing us raw Nats and your lifters now are like, why the fuck did you go? I gotcha. He's your boy. I'm your fucking boy. You know, all of us, there's like 15 of us going to us raw Nats and the whole team is going to have you now. That's it. And, and for you to say, for you to be like, yeah, isn't it bullshit? They made the rule. No, your lifters going to be like, yeah, but they did to make the rule and you made a decision. Yeah, that's what, telling, uh, that's what I was telling. That's uh, what I was telling Joey tonight when we were, he was messaging about the rule and stuff like that. I was like, 
whoever you have thinking about doing these meets, Jesus or whatever like that, tell him the best idea is don't do it. So he doesn't have to go do it either. Cause yeah. Imagine if like, you know, Jesus is out and then Joey's out and he can't coach any of these people at, you know, Arnold or nationals or world or anything like that. Well, Joey would just have to avoid because his lifter could go, but he'd just have to be like, I'm not, I can't go with you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not an ask you can ask of me. Um, right. So then is there a rule about coaching a suspended IPF lifter? Oh, right? there, I don't, I don't think it goes that way. I think it goes the other way. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought there was some like financial thing where you like, you can't have a financial dealing with an IPF suspended. Like what if, what if, what if Jesus got, this is what if uh, a lifter got suspended and then from here on out now, if Joey shows up at a meet afterwards and wants to handle you, you're handling a guy who got suspended at showdown. And it's like, can you get suspended? Can that something happen there? This is why we have a lawyer's bill. They have to go read the, <laughs> the, the water, the water code on the prohibitive association. Cause I thought the association was, the lifter getting help like coaching or something like that from a suspended lifter or like, you know, a doctor or anything like that. But I don't know if the wording about the other way as right. like, you know, a coach is coaching a suspended lifter and receiving money for it. It's tough, man. It, it, look, <laughs> they're obviously cracking down and it starts make, these are questions that if your livelihood, if you are a Joey Flex and this is your whole livelihood, um, yeah, you're going to be like, freak. This is, you know, you gotta be like, Ugh. or if you're Sean Noriega, you're actually, it's, it's, you're even closer. You are going to be on the platform. You got to think my man, you get suspended, you know, from Arnold's and Nats and everything. You got a whole, this is how you make your livelihood right now. It's your whole brand. That's tough. That's big. Yeah. And, and basically if you, I guess if you commit to this and go down this route, I guess you're basically committed to it because it's interesting. Maybe they'll update it, but they used to have the constitution of bylaws as just one document and they split it now into two documents and they put the information about this rule in both documents, but in the constitution is slightly worded different that if during your 12 months where you can't compete in an IPF meet or a national meet, you go and do this again and compete in another, you know, non IPF meet, then it stacks on another 12 months. So if people say like, oh, I can't do the Arnold or Nationals in 2022, I'll just go do, you know, the current open or I'll do like, you know, big dog, something else, just because I'm already, I'm already out for 12 months. It stacks on another 12 months. So then you're, you're at that point, you're pretty much, you know, you're out of the loop. You're basically switching over to these other federations. Here's the thing too. You got to honestly start telling yourself the more out of the loop you are. Like I, I bring up also US for Nats. Branding is huge. When you were the hot um, you know, team lifter, whatever you got to show up at these big meets to be that hot lifter. But when you're out of the loop, if you get pushed out of the loop, if you're pushed into a situation where you're in the untested, but you're going to stay natty and you're not going to be winning anymore. So you won't be in the mix in the mix, so to speak, how long it's one thing to be, just do it for fun. You're not, you may, or you're probably not going to win against guys who are on PEDs. So that's not where you're going to make your big showings. But you're always telling yourself, you're coming back into US Nats, Arnold's, et cetera. You're going to have your big showings there. But if you end up getting pushed out of the loop for 12 months or longer, if it starts stacking up on you because you do another meet after that, people have such short memories. Fucking kids these days don't know who Jesse Norris is. And it hurts my feelings. And he's a goat. Um, you know, he's one of them. So if in 12 months' time, if you don't do Arnold's, USAPL, whatever, and all people see you are, are coming in middle of the pack on untested meets because you want to stay natty. This is another thing you got to think about how 
it will start affecting me. People have such short memories and they forget quickly. You know, it's like, is that worth it? Because for some people, it's like, well, who cares about branding? But it is if you're making your livelihood off this, what some of these individuals are. And it does help to be the the cool the cool kids in, in, in the high school type deal, right? To use an analogy, it helps, man. Um, ah, man, I don't know. It's getting tougher and tougher. They're doing this on purpose. You know, they're, uh, they're making it tough on purpose, obviously, but I don't know. It's easy. Show, show down, meet director. Take out the obstacles. <laughs> you don't got to kill him. You don't got to kill him. Don't, 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 don't get us wrong. I, I know he's thinking about it. He, he's even before that, he's asked me questions about the rules and stuff like that. So he can see and provide Damn. information to lifters and stuff. Luke, we've had Luke on the, on the podcast, the meet director. The guy, he's a nice guy. He's a smart guy. And he, yeah, he, for sure. He keeps in the loop. He's eyeing, eyeing things. And, um, I mean, it's a tough conversation to have to somebody if it's going to be Rondell, but you know, we'll see. He didn't, ex- nobody expected you, you. This is a crazy year, man. Expect the unexpected, but this does change things. And, uh, he might have to do something like that. I think you might be right, Bill. And if he takes off, if he takes out Rondell, then we're right back to, uh, everybody gets to enjoy, you know, it, possibly Sean misses IPF worlds and then a possible kick at the can at Sheffield. But uh, beyond that, maybe he's, if he comes out silver at us raw nets, then fuck it. Nothing changes for him. Right. What's the thing. If these guys don't make the team, then they do that meet. Cause it's, you know, the timing's pretty close to when worlds is anyway. Yeah. So, so it, it totally out. makes sense. Yeah. yeah of um, course, every, the conversation changes entirely. If he ends up winning the us raw nets, which he's capable um, so is, so is, uh, uh, mellow. If she goes 76 and decides whatever she wants to do now, if she, um, what's the equivalent of the, the, uh, 24 hour way. And I think is, um, 175 is yeah. it 75. Okay. And it's 24 hour way. in, so yeah, it'll get easier and easier to make that one. Anyways, I, it'll depend, man. It'll depend. Let them win us raw Nats and then make that decision. It's going to get tougher and tougher. Or Rondell doesn't leave and he stays and then it gets real tough, <laughs> right? Yeah, it ends up being a, a career decision, basically. It's a fucking career. It's a career yeah. move. <sighs> you know what? This might be a clip right here because uh, I didn't think it was going to get that intense. When I was looking at it, I didn't even tell myself some people are making career decisions with the showdown right now. More than just a suspension if you're a coach. It's a whole branding move now. Your whole brand shifts. Is what it is. What else we got, Aaron? Do we got anything else on here? You want to do overrated, underrated? Is there any more news items we should talk about? Because we're going at two hours now. We're over okay. two. That's all the news, unless we missed anything while we're on the podcast. <laughs> the whole world could be on fire. God, if ever there's a time where that's a possibility, <laughs> you're not shitting. Want to do an overrated, underrated? Do you guys got time for that? Yeah, I'm good. Sure. All right, all right. What you got, Playboy? What we can do is real quick before we go to a new topic, we'll ask Bill one of the topics we uh, he missed out on just to hear his his thoughts on it. Is uh, Bill, what do you think? Because you, since you're a big time bencher, overrated, underrated on the Larson Press. What is that? Or just feet feet up bench press? It's a feet up bench press. Like feet on the feet on the bench. I love that. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. Do you love? Us- I think Larson specifically is feet in the air, but it's still feet up. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's dumb. The um, the the feet on the bench is is a much better um, option. Um, I like to use that a lot as an accessory for 
um, my people hitting, um, you know, the wide chest kind of stuff. Um, I don't see there being much benefit to the, the one. It's like the Superman thing, right? With the legs in the air. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Cause um, I, so, so, so let's say that's overrated. You would say it's overrated. Okay. But feet on the bench bench is underrated. And why do you think that? I just told you. Uh, well, like, the, what, what do you, what do you like to use it for? Is it just to make it the yeah, just just, just use it as an accessory for for hitting a wide chest? Yeah. So either do um, um, I would like to do either like you know fingers outside the ring so as wide as possible bench, mm. or um, feet on the bench. I'm sorry, hands as wide as possible, like outside the rings. So like a suit, like an uh, extra wide bench press, um, or feet on the bench, flat back, no arch whatsoever. To really just you know hammer the the um the wide chest mm. make a mental note my man thank you mm-hmm. oh, i was trying to use that time to find a topic i'm not sure it will be a, a good one for this trio over here um let me ask bill one more if we'll go look for, for i, I want to get his uh, uh, more than we did that it was involved in you could look a little more if you think you could find something bill tell me what you think about walking out a squat overrated and underrated overrated or un- like, like, that's only, like that's literally the only way to do it so it's just rated like there's no, like, like a monolift monolith yeah, yeah right exactly okay no, so he monolith, knew, he knew. He's monoliths are overrated walking out's underrated i mean like yeah like if you can't man if you can't handle the squat walking out you shouldn't be squatting it dennis was pretty much saying that it's not a squat <laughs> yeah it's it's what it's not a squat it's not a squat if you don't walk it out yeah right i mean I, that's kind of how i feel about it and again i've been you know in um you know, federations with ERX, you know, the whole time. I've never really ever used a monolift. I'm sure I would love it. Be a nice, you know, SPF wide stance, you know, couple plies on my booty squatting down would be fantastic. But, um, but no, I mean, I've never known any other way. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I, you know, I'd have to, that'd be my preferred method by far. Is, is this it just feels of- good too. Like it just feels nice. You're walking out. You're like, Oh yeah, this is going to go well. Or you're like, uh Oh, this is not really what I want to be doing right now. And then walking it out with knee, knee wraps on is even better. Cause like if your feet are falling asleep, Oh my God. So, okay. One year at the Arnold, I was the first squatter. Blaine was the last squatter. And he, so coming to the second round, um, I was following Blaine Sumner was a following a thousand pound squat, whatever. And he ends up dumping the bar you know, all over the ground. And I'm, I got my knees wrapped. This is equipped meat. And I'm like, Oh, great. So, you know, they have basically take like 450 plus kilos on to put like, you know, 330 kilos on for me, you know, lift the whole thing up, whatever. So I was like, basically standing there with my feet completely numb and had to walk that thing out. It was, it was pretty awesome. Smash it down. Smash that. Oh boy. Smashed it. What I was going to ask Bill is, is this your way of telling us you use single ply in your booty? Because I'm a multiply kind of guy. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I'm a bidet, I'm a bidet guy, really. Oh, oh bidet. God. There's an that's, overrated, underrated. That, that's, like, that's like raw. It's not even single, <laughs> single ply or double ply. It's just raw. <laughs> oh, I'm glad Rory's not here for this. He's a gentleman. This is beneath him. Uh, Who I, knows what they use over there? God. <laughs> They probably use the three seashells over there. Come on. Come on. You, you get it? Come on. You got that. We, I got it. I, got it. I, I still couldn't come up with a great one, but what I'm going to throw out there is one that another one that Bill might like. So we'll go overrated, underrated training biceps. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. 
How, I mean, how is that an underrated? How can that ever be considered underrated? How? Wait, so you tell me. Tell me. Okay, go ahead. Please, no, someone no. tell me how how no, someone would ever vote this be underrated. Wait, so you're saying it's overrated? Oh no. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, it's good. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Other way around. Other way around. My bad. My bad. I knew you. I knew you were saying because we've yeah. interrupted your biceps. Yeah. Before. sorry um yeah i mean i've done i've done calls with you guys about doing biceps before yeah i mean listen you need stabilizers to bench press you need to feel good about yourself to bench press um you need to be able to balance the front and the back so you know you're basically you know a massive tricep guy because you're a bench presser and you don't have the, the front bicep or the forearm how are you ever going to hold the weight you look at every single huge raw bench presser that's not an arch guy so you're talking about like Dennis, you're talking about Jake, you're talking about uh, TD, um, what's the guy's name, uh, Maddox, um, C- Cyril, the guy from, I mean, a- any of those guys, I mean, their forearms and their lower tricep, their biceps are just enormous. That's not an accident. It's not an accident. And also, I did have a conversation with Dave Ricks one time, probably eight years ago. We were training together. Um, he was in town for the, the weekend or whatever. And someone, someone was like, all right, what's your secret to your, to uh, healthy bench press? He goes, biceps, biceps, build bench, baby. (laughs) There you have from Superman himself. Yeah, From Superman himself. That's quite the testimonial. So training biceps is always going to be underrated to me. Should always be done. Hmm. Passionate. I'm passionate about that one, boy. (laughs) That's that's why I threw it out there. All Um, right. With my, with my programming, I would say as far as my program, I do put it in there for most of my lifters, you know, one time a week or maybe two times a week. And even with biceps training, you are hitting a little bit of forearms, depending on what variation you do, or you can also do forearm training. So as a general programming for power thing, I have to go with Bill and, and say that I put this in an underrated category again, for what Bill said is similar to like, you know, big time squatters like to have the hamstrings hit the calves in the bottom position to really, you know, get that bounce out of the bottom and a little bit of stabilization stuff. It's the same thing. Having the forearms and the biceps to each other as you're going down the bench press can help with like a little bit of like bounce or, or stabilization. And then also just the not having imbalance in the elbow. A lot of people get uh, uh, elbow tendonitis um, could be from doing so much pressing, so much tricep work, and then it's completely neglecting the biceps and the forearms. So sometimes putting in, you know, a couple couple sessions of three sets of 10 or three sets of eight can help balance that out for the biceps. And also for someone who's dealing with immediate like tendonitis pain, what I've noticed if you do low weight, very high reps, just don't even count, go 25, 30, 40 reps and just pump blood into the area. It helps relieve it. So I go underrated. Okay. I'm going to level us out a little bit here, fellas. You are not. You're so full of shit. I got to level us out here. We all, we all, we all are having a little bit of fun. Okay. I don't know, but I think it's starting to get overrated by the end of this conversation. It started off. It started off. Okay. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves though. Um, I, I, you can, if there's one muscle, that's a pretty big muscle people train that you could take out and still be a world-class power lifter, it's going to be bicep. Calves. What? If, 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 what? If, okay, yeah, no, it's true. No, hey, look at <laughs> Calves, side delts, and biceps. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Pro- probably, yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably, like, it's one of them. It's for sure up there. It's in the conversation. Like, if, you, if, if someone put a, a million dollars on the table or a gun to my head and said, 
you have to not train one of these muscle groups, but you have to try to be as good as you can as a power lifter. Like the, we're talking calves, we're talking biceps. Like you, if you're like, I need, I need, you know, two or three. So that's why I would say overrated. I do agree. Look at, if you can train biceps, train a little biceps, but if someone is like, this is how much time I have, this is how much energy I have, this is how, whatever. And I, I know you guys probably know this when you're doing, like, you're not saying this is one of the major lifts for you is bicep curl. Like, obviously, right? But, but it's Bill's a power like, lift. actually, I do. It's a full day, every Tuesday, two hours of biceps. You can, <laughs> you can set There's, records in the curl. Well, that's on, This is literally a competition in powerlifting. Uh, oh, man, that's controversial. That's a whole another two hours. You can't <laughs> drop something like that two hours in, Bill, because we're going to be here all night. But, um, uh, yeah. So for that reason, I would say uh, overrated. And also, I got to balance it out here. We can't all be underrated. But um, full disclosure, yeah, I, I would throw biceps in there. And I do think, honestly, people should train all around if they can. And it's all about prioritizing, obviously. So it depends on how much time you have and where you're at and where you're actually weak. And some people have fucking John Hack doesn't train biceps. The guy's got crazy biceps. And this is before, this is when he was in the IPF. I remember they were showing pictures of him deadlifting and his biceps are fucking huge. And Joey Flex is like, this guy doesn't train by, he trains biceps like twice a year and it shows pictures of him and he's got, he's rocking crazy buys. So you'd be like, okay, that's not a weakness for you. And we, we need to address in terms of time. So it, as like any accessory, it depends on the individual. But um, as a whole, there's probably other accessories, you know, that I wouldn't be like, you don't have to train this to be a top power lifter, but um, is what it is. But I, I'm going to agree there's nothing like a bicep pump. There's nothing like, it, look at when someone's like, do you lift? They want to see you flex your bicep. Like, like all of that is underrated in terms of um, if you're a power lifter, there's nothing worse than how many times you tell someone you're a power lifter and they're like, let me see, let me see your muscles. They want you to pull your sleeve up and flex your fucking bicep. You know it. And there's nothing worse if you're a power lifter who's like, I haven't trained biceps in like two years and I am about to break some kid's heart. He's a five-year-old nephew and he's going to be like, oh, okay. You hit him with a quad pose. You're like, check out my hands. Yeah, right. You hit him with a quad. He's like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't, doesn't pop the same, bro. It doesn't pop the same. But um, so I guess... I made a bit of an argument for it being underrated, but that's uh, in terms of performance wise and showcase, it's a little different, but full disclosure, I do my bicep days, fellas. And um, wow, now we have it. That was, that was a pretty good discussion, man. I didn't think we were going to go roughly two and a half, but um, the topics, we, I had a couple other things we could have talked about. We could curb those and save those. I ran some polls that some people had and I was surprised by them, but we could save those for another day. Um, Ryan's always working the polls. Dog, yeah, some of them shock me. Is yeah, is Ben Show only powerlifting? Find out next time on the King Lift podcast. <laughs> well, I tell and you, then we, and then we drop, uh, you know, is you know, curls, you know, curls of the fourth lift in powerlifting. Dog, <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing two and a half I, hours in, I was shocked. I think all of us here said bench press is a part of powerlifting, right? Well, bench press is, but you're talking about bench only, bench only is, uh, yeah, Arian. I don't see why not. I mean, there, there's a little bit to be discussed there, but yes, it is uh, one of the events in the power thing. You have a bench press world championships and you have pair of power thing, which is only bench press. And this is, I mean, I wasn't going to get, I just said, I wasn't going to get to it. But then when you said it, I'm like, well, fuck, you can't say it. And we don't. So <laughs> I just said polls. And then you said what the poll was. I'm like, well, here we go. But um, 
yeah, it's I think it's powerlifting. Um, some people are saying, look, look at it is uh, there are events in a triathlon, but alone certain events aren't events on their own. Like you, you're not a triathlete unless you do like which all- event. Which like, no, no, I mean, sorry. What I meant to say was because it's it, biking. No, no. <laughs> what I meant to say was if you do swimming. bike. No, okay, hang on. What I meant to say was they're this is what they're saying was if you do biking with not in a triathlon, you're not a triathlete, you're you're a cyclist. So he's saying if you do bench, not that's that's what the point was. Uh, I, I misquoted fair. initially, but yeah, so that's what they are saying. And then they're whatever. but I also don't think that the cycling federation holds triathlons. Right. So this is where this is and this is what I, I think bench press yeah. and bench only 100% is still powerlifting. It's, it's your, your, what that was, that's it right there. The IPF and all the federations have bench only. They have bench only from a provincial state all the way up to world championships and records. And like, it is what it is, man. It's, I don't know uh, the pushback, but some people are like, no, it can't be called powerlifting. There's three lifters bench only. It's three lifting bench only. But I, I understand people like are trying to look at more from like a definition, like not looking at the sport, but like the definition of powerlifting is, you know, the three put together the best lifts and then what your total is. And if you like tell someone like, Hey, I'm a power lifter. And they're going to be like, Oh, how much do you lift? Or like, Oh, well, I only do the bench. No, no, no time out, time out. <laughs> if someone asks you, you're a power, you say I'm a power lifter. What is the first thing they say? Oh, I'm not I'm, talking about the, I'm not talking I'm, about the gen. I'm not talking about no, no, no. Gen- what do they, what do they how, say? How much you bench? Exactly. I'm not talking about the general. I'm not talking about the general population. I'm saying if you were talking to like other powerlifters and you tell people like, "Hey, I'm a powerlifter," or "I'm like a world champion powerlifter," they're like, "Oh, what was your total?" And you're like, "Oh, well, I I only did the bench only, and I lifted whatever 500 pounds." (laughs) Yeah, but like, um, things I don't bat an eye at all if I'm talking to someone and they're like, "I'm a powerlifter and I, I just do bench only," I don't even think twice. I mean, I don't know. I for me, it's not a a huge deal but some people i remember old heads when i first started powerlifting um were like it's not powerlifting i remember a guy was injured and he started getting like injured where like he wouldn't be able to do the three lift anymore and he's talking like i guess that might be a rep i gotta retire i'm like but you could still bench there, there's provincials nationals you could go to a world team and he was like it's not powerlifting i'm like so that's a fucking rap like, like, like you could, but you won't for semantics for what it's like, what are you talking about? You love benching. You're here three days a week. You can still train with the fellas. We show up to the same nationals as everybody else. You're still included. You're still in the party, bro. That's a wrap. If you can't sort, he ended up being able to still bench and deadlift, but he's like, it's not powerlifting. And just for that. And I didn't get it. I swear. I shit you not. And this is a guy who ended up being in the Federation high up, like a president. And, um, and he was like, he, he. Which is weird. It. Cause your president is now a bench only guy too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not the same guy. This is a long time ago, but no, I, know, it's it's shocking. I don't get it, man. I mean, uh, maybe like, like you said, people compare it to other sports and like, you know, other sports, you do like, you know, the, the three-point shootout or the home run derby, and it seemed more as like a, a skill challenge, like an all-star game. So, and, and Arnold has like, Arnold has the squat for reps. It has like the deadlift only. Um, it just happens to be that the IPF at some point selected, oh, the bench press, we're going to make this its own world championship and its own part of powerlifting. Yeah. I, I, I wonder know. too, if it actually has something to do with from the um, Paralympics. Because, you know, since that's something that's the only lift that they do there. So, so actually is bench press there considered Olympic lifting? So is the bench press actually Olympic lifting and powerlifting? Be- bench press is farther along in Olympics than powerlifting. Oh, for sure. It's in it the is. Paralympic, yeah, for sure. No, it, 
it technically is in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's the flip side is like, do you not consider them power lifters? If you wanted to put someone on the spot, you'd be like, if they're like bench, bench only people aren't power lifters. Are you telling me that all these Paralympians are not power lifters anymore? You don't accept them into the community? Word it like that. Yeah. Like, you're an asshole. I see what you're doing. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, well, but on the flip side, it's just like, I guess, like how you, you tell people what you are. Like you could just go tell people like, Hey, I'm a bench presser. I'm a, I'm a world champion bencher. And then you can say like, Oh, I compete in powerlifting. There does a bench press world championship rather than going they to tell people do. like, Oh, they I'm prob- a, pa-. yeah. I mean, they, sorry to cut you off, man. I, no, but, uh, it, it, they probably do. They probably say I'm a world champion in bench press. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I'm a power lifter. It's, it's all, it's under the umbrella of powerlifting. but I am a world, they probably do. Um, uh, you know, I, I probably, I, that's, I think that's what I would do if I was, I could see myself, like if they had a dead only and um, I won the world championships for dead only, I'd be like, yeah, I won the world's in, for dead only. World so champion. Arian, so Arian, does your push pull national championship count as powerlifting? Am I a powerlifting national champion? Yes, you are. And <laughs> Sounds like, champion. no, I'm just going to throw it out there. And, no, and the, hey, no, the and poll the, said yes. No, it's wait. like a biathlon. No, the poll, said, okay. poll said no, poll said no, sorry. I'm wrong. The poll actually said more people said that bench only is not powerlifting. Which I, 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 w- I won the biathlon national championship, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we put the word a- athlete anywhere close to this, but okay, fine. Yeah, yeah let's settle down <laughs> on the, the athletic talk. But um, yeah, I was shocked at the poll that said um, the majority, and it wasn't a crazy landslide, but it was, the majority said bench only is not powerlifting. Yeah, because I would think probably bench only people obviously consider powerlifting and then the then i would think probably well yeah i guess i guess i'm and then yeah the the three lift quote-unquote powerlifters are probably split down the middle yeah so i probably skews skews just a little bit towards i the love doing bench only man i've done bench only nats right up to internet like on a canadian teams like i love it man fuck it to to do not to watch it i could get but like i love doing it <laughs> yeah it's fun yeah it's fun it's if you're it, good at it yeah well it's, it's fun regardless but um fellas how do people get a hold of you for coaching i get the lift on instagram why not there it is Co- coach Ari and k on instagram there it is fellas thank you very much two and a half hours um until next time fellas peace